Get your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Swing, fly ball, center field. Bellinger looks, might be, could be, it's off the wall. Run will score. Contreras will slide into second. Big hit for the Redbirds. It's 2-1 to Cardinals. Mosley stares his man down. Here comes the payoff pitch in the ninth. Back to the mound. That'll take care of the Cubs. The Cardinals win it 3-1. to Let's get nasty on a Tuesday. It's a fast line on 101 ESPN. Has everybody got their playoff tickets ordered and ready? Absolutely, Anthony. Did you make the call earlier today to the Cardinals ticket office? Yeah. I said, give me eight green seats. That's how confident I am. What? <laughs> Our guy Brad Thompson joining us from from Chicago. He'll be at Wrigley Field again tonight. Uh, you heard Chip Carey on the call last night for Bally Sports Midwest. And uh, BT, the, the Cardinals won a game two days ago. They won a game yesterday. If they win tonight, it's called a winning streak. It has happened before. It's exciting. It's the it's the biggest news in ever, Bob. I don't know if we have BT. Do we have BT? I don't up? even know what there you guys is. are talking about right now. Yeah, I, I, there we we're go. Talking yeah. about <laughs> talking about BT? Because I wasn't paying attention. Oh, we're just uh, talking about. Well, uh, I had Jostens was over. No, Jostens was here sizing us for the rings. So yeah. <laughs> uh, now that everything's back on the winning track. <laughs> So I apologize for that. Uh, hot damn, that was fun to win two ball games in a row. It had been since April 11th and 12th. I know you guys have talked about this plenty. They've only done it twice. And in the beginning of the season, we thought that they were going to be the greatest team ever. And uh, when they beat the Blue Jays, and then, boy, that has not been the case. But to take uh, the first game here, to win your first opener of the year, it had been 0-11 in the openers. It was big. And then how about Contreras, man? He had himself a freaking day. That was a blast to watch. Yeah, he's had a rough 72 hours or so. And for to, for him, to, I it was exciting watching him last night. I, I got into it. I got into him oh, yeah. playing with the home crowd. I thought that, that was great for him to have. I thought that I, off the bat, I thought the one was going to be a home run. It winds up being a double off the wall. But Damn wind. He, he, had a, he had a very productive night. Miles Michaelis was good. Not great, not efficient, but he was very, he was very good. Gave you a chance. I love the energy that Henesis Cabrera gave you, too. Brandon, especially after Brandon Donovan guns down Madrigal at, at home plate in the fifth inning and, and Cabrera's in his face yelling at him as if it was game one of a, you know, the, a divisional round series. I, I, I enjoyed 
the actual raw emotion and energy and maybe some frustration coming out for some guys last night, including Wilson Contreras. Yeah, so I loved every second of it for Wilson Contreras, quite honestly. With with everything that's been hovering around that poor guy and him having to deal with the, I wouldn't say public humiliation, just the publicity of it all. For him to come out and have a good game against his old team where, quite honestly, from a mental headspace, that would have been tough on anybody to jump in and, and play that game with everything that's kind of circling around. But I loved I loved every second of it. And what I love about Cardinals baseball fans is, and this is no slight to the organization, the management, the ownership, or any anybody like that, but the fans have kind of, from what I'm seeing, or at least feeling, they've kind of rallied around Wilson Contreras in this moment. And I'm hoping that that carries on. I'm hoping that he finds a way to get back behind the dish and do it the way the Cardinals want him to do it. And I hope it has a uh, a happy ending, Anthony, because oh, everybody yeah. likes those a lot more. No doubt. Absolutely. Including somebody in, in Cleveland. Uh, BT, Willis Contreras talked about that, too, last night. John Denton hit John Denton had the article saying that Willis Contreras received direct messages on Twitter from Cardinals fans backing him, supporting him. So that that must have felt good. He also had Adam Wainwright and Jack Flaherty publicly stating that they're behind Wilson Contreras and that, you know, it's not just him. They took ownership too. I'm sure all of that matters with Contreras. But this is the first time we have an, we've had an opportunity to talk to UBT about the since the Contreras news broke. From your perspective, what do you think has gone down? What and then what's what's next steps with Contreras? Yeah, the, the next steps are right now with him is he's continuing to learn how to prepare the way that the Cardinals prepare. It's stuff that he didn't do beforehand. I, I think that a lot of it, and I, I can't say this definitively, uh, but I think that a lot of the game planning stuff with the Cubs and the game calling stuff with the Cubs was taken out of his hands in large part, and he did not like that. He wasn't a fan of that. He wants to take ownership in it. He wants to be a big part of it. When you sign up a guy for a five-year deal, you want that. Like You absolutely uh, want every finger that he puts down, and Wilson talked about this too when he had his FaceTime with Yadier Molina said you, you have to be putting a finger down for a reason. I think that Wilson is still learning the reasons and learning the, the timing and, and learning each pitcher and learning sequences and learning uh, all of these things about a whole new staff. And it's damn hard to do. So like that is the process right now. You see him in the dugout when the, the Cardinals are out there pitching. He's sitting next to Dusty Blake and Ollie. They're going over how they're attacking each hitter. And it's still a learning curve here for Contreras. And I, I don't know exactly what the time frame is going to look like for this. Uh, I would say probably at least a couple of weeks before we end up seeing him getting the bulk of the reps behind the plate. But I, I cannot say enough. The way that he has handled this situation, he could have easily told the Cardinals to go stick it where the sun doesn't shine. You signed me for five years, $87.5 million to be the catcher, and I'm going to go ahead and do the catching. And he didn't. And he said, look, I get it. I'm an employee. I believe that I'm a catcher, uh, but there is work to be done. I think you hit on a very pivotal point too, Anthony, the pitching staff taking their share of the blame for this too they have not been good like this is a staff that has not been good to this point they have not executed pitches when they needed to and it's it's a wholesale failure if you will to this point uh from the pitching standpoint 
But I hope that everything starts trending in the right direction here for Contreras. But I love the way that he's swinging it. I love the energy that he brought. And I thought last night was one of those moments where he was telling the Cardinals, I'm with you. Like, this is us. Like, forget these guys. Forget the last seven years. Bring the booze on because I'm here with you guys. I always welcome the booze, Anthony. Who booed you the most, Jamie? Me too. Uh, oh, in the league? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm not talking about on the home front. Yeah, no, I got booed at home a few times too. Yeah. Uh, mostly by the coaching staff. but um, Not the home front I was talking about. Yeah, oh, well, that's certainly got booted mortally on that one. But, well, <laughs> it, it depends on what teams I played on. People in Detroit certainly didn't like me when I was a St. Louis Blue. Um, people in Chicago didn't like me when I was a Red Wing. Uh, Rangers fans didn't like me when I was an Islander. I created enemies all over the place, Anthony. <laughs> uh, the beauty of it all is that when I went to Detroit following all of it, it's they embraced me as one of their own, and everything was just fine again. Mm-hmm. But uh, I can always tell. That, you're wearing that wheel. The so the wheel. winged wheel. You're good. I can always tell if I was doing my job properly or not by how much people hated me. And if I hadn't been verbally abused uh, by 10-minute mark in the first period, I needed to pick up my game a mm-hmm. little bit. Uh, BT, where did you get booed the most? Uh, Bush Stadium. Uh, <laughs> was probably the place if I had to end up picking one. The only other, uh, I got cheered at Wrigley. Uh, you can see my ERA there. You can see why. Like They come in. Uh, I was joking with Chip last night after the game. We were walking out. He's like, man, it's nice to walk out of here and not hear that Go Cubs Go song. I said, well, you should hear it when you're standing on the mound. It's a terrible time to be hearing that song. And he, he said, yeah, they probably started playing it uh, before you even st- uh, started pitching. I go, Chip, that's too far. Yeah. I, I can make fun of me and you can stop <laughs> because I don't need your help with that one. But, yeah, I, I, the only other place that I, I really and I got booed and it was just for an incident was Milwaukee. Uh, we had uh, Prince Fielder had hit like five home runs off of us in the series. And uh, I was starting the last game, and he was just diving across the plate on sinkers, just taking advantage of everything. Just, just, uh, he was cheating a bit out there on pitches. And I said, that ain't going to happen, at least, at least the first at bat. I'm not going to let him do it. So I threw a sinker way off the plate, and I knew that he was going to probably dive for it. He didn't. He freaking hooked it foul, a foul homer. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to throw this one. What would be up and in? If he dies, uh, if he dives, uh, if he dies, he dies. If he dies, <laughs> it's gonna end up. It's gonna end up getting him right. And I, uh, I ended up hitting him right in the neck with a pitch. Oh, it no. didn't hurt, but I hit him right in the neck. And a uh, boy, I got booed bad, 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 bad. And then I, I came up to hit. I was leading off the next inning. I got booze raining down. And then I got a single. And then I'm standing there at first base with Prince Fielder, oh. and uh, that was awkward too. So. Uh, but, yeah, that was about the only time. <laughs> you, you probably must have been thinking, really, baseball gods? A single today? Of all places. Did, did, yeah. did Prince yeah, that's say- what I needed. Everybody knew I was going to strike out, and i get one. Did Prince say anything to you? I just gave him the, uh, like, look over, like, hey, how's your neck? And he just he gave me the blank you, and uh, we were good. He was, I loved Prince. Like, we played together, like, uh, uh, 
coming up through the minor leagues, always played against each other. He was uh, he was fantastic. None too happy in that moment, though. The only reason that he didn't come get me, I think, by the way, uh, was because he he really thought that Tony told uh, told me to hit him because he had hit all these home runs. The first thing he just slams his bat down and starts yelling in the dugout. I go, yeah, get him, go get him. <laughs> Go get our go get our manager is all him. All right, we only got BT for another segment, so we're gonna cover a lot of ground with the, the Cardinals. BT's gotta catch a bus over to Wrigley Field for the game. So we'll come back. We'll talk to BT about Miles Michaelis, his performance last night, maybe a little bit more on Contreras and talk about whether or not this is maybe finally the moment where the Cardinals can build some of that momentum. That's next on one one ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. If I'm going to have long at-bats, I might as well get some strikeouts in there if I'm not going to make it deep into the game. But, uh, you know, I've been working a lot of my stuff. My my sinker's been been really good this year, and I feel like every, I'm just – everything's kind of synced up, and I'm, I've been hitting my spots pretty well. Um, I think that's that's most of it. Um, and I think that sinker's been, been working good. I've been leaning on that um, a little bit. They're going to foul off a lot of stuff, and I'm going to have a high pitch count. The strikeouts kind of take the edge off that a little bit. That was Miles Michaelis following his performance last night. He only lasted four and a third innings in that he didn't get the win, but the Cardinals got the the team victory. Needed 96 pitches to record 13 ounce. Again, not efficient at all. But he did strike out a season high seven batters and held the Cubs to only one run. Walked the tightrope. tight rope a couple of times, but managed to show a little grit, bear down, and, and get key outs. Four and a third is not going to count it from your starters. It's just not. But when you're looking at Michaelis and you're looking at his overall performance to date, as we know, it hasn't been good. BT, he has now, he's lowered his ERA, though, from 746 to 540, and his ERA over his last three starts is 2.20. Again, he needs to be more efficient, eat more innings, but that was another encouraging sign, I thought, from Miles Michaelis. What did you say? Yeah, for sure. I, I agree, and totally agree with your point of four and a third ain't going to cut it. This was a workhorse for you last year that had over 200 innings. You need that guy again, but uh, from what we saw in the beginning of the year, his first three starts, he had an ERA north of 10. Like That just was not right. Uh, giving up hits last left and right, and I, I thought he did a, a very good job of mixing things up. The Cubs did make him work. I love the way that he used his sinker. C.B. Buckner was giving that sinker off the plate away to the righties, and he would give it tailing back to the lefties, and he took advantage of it, didn't make mistakes over the middle of the plate. You know how quickly things can shift. We've seen it so many times. So, look, I, I think it's promising what we've seen in the last four starts for Miles Michaelis, and I hope that we're building upon something that's promising this turnaround. You know, it's going to be Jack Flaherty on the mound tonight. Jack is coming off the worst start that he's had uh, in his career, going two and a third, giving up 10 earned runs against the Angels. But Monty was good last time, one earned run over six. Wayno went five innings, four earned runs. He's still angry about that one, about how that fifth inning ended up going for him, but saw some positive signs early. Who would have picked Matts as the guy that ends up snapping the streak for you the way that he's throwing the ball? I thought that was a big start for him over the weekend against the Tigers. Five and a third, one earned run. And then Michael is one earned run over four and a third. You hope that you're starting to build something positive here when it comes to the rotation. BT, how much does Andrew Kisner make make a difference here? Because as we talk about Wilson Contreras, the thing that we need to also expand on or move away now that we know that Wills Contreras is going to be the full-time DH for the foreseeable future. They don't they're not 
they seemingly aren't giving up on Contreras. As you mentioned earlier, he's he's sitting there in the dugout with Ali Marmel, and he's sitting there with Dusty Blake. When it comes to Kisner, though, he's going to be the guy now behind the dish, and they're sacrificing offense for defense. How much, how much will Kisner make a difference behind the plate? You you don't go out and publicly say you were wrong, which is exactly what the Cardinals did, or at least uh, it, it has not happened as quickly as you you hoped it to with Contreras and the way they're handling this situation. If you don't believe that it it is going to pay significant dividends to have Andrew Kisner out there, and I think that we've seen it already, I, at least – Watching again, like I feel like that there is that narrative out there that Contreras has been the scapegoat for the issues this year. I, I don't buy into that at all because I've watched every game and I've watched him behind the plate, how he catches pitches, how he receives pitches, how he calls pitches, when he calls pitches. And there is a lot to be desired with Contreras behind the plate. And I think that and this has been a part of the realization, too, for Contreras is learning how to prepare. There is a staggering difference of the preparation of Kisner for a series to Contreras and they don't expect Contreras to get to where Kisner is overnight but they would like to be able to close the gap between the two of those things so uh, I think that Kiz has a lot to do with this staff and how good they're going to be here in the foreseeable future or at least the next couple of weeks of calling the the right pitches being on the same page all you want as a pitcher is trust right trust is earned trust happens throughout time Kisner's been around a little bit longer you want to know that the guy that's putting down the fingers has put in the work. We never had that issue with uh, with Yadier Molina. You knew. like Even if you, you're thinking a different pitch in your head, it's like, well, hell, Yadi called it. That must be something there. As Dan brought up the other day uh, against Carlos Beltran in the NLCS, he calls change-up first pitch. And Wayne was like, okay, great, change-up first <laughs> pitch. Let's do it. Uh, so I, I think that. Uh, Kisner brings an element of that behind the plate. The preparation is certainly there, and it's it's uh, something that's even more evident when we're on the road because at home, the Cardinals have their own little video room, and it's off limits to the media and stuff, but when you're on the road, the video room oftentimes is kind of set up in the clubhouse, and you Kiz is there early, and he's pouring over video, and you see pitchers come over to him and ask him questions about stuff. Like, that part of it is there, and that's what Wilson is trying to get to. And and, and the, to credit him again, like he wants that. Like he wants to get to that point where the pitchers are coming to him and asking stuff. But he's at the point in his career still where he's still asking the questions, and he's still trying to figure out how to prepare and, and how to call these games and what are the tendencies of these pitchers and what do they need when uh, when they're falling behind or – who needs to get a pat on the behind? Who needs to get jumped? Like, he's still figuring all of these things out. And I think that Kisner right now is a steadying presence for the pitching staff. But I also think that he's going to be one heck of a resource for Wilson Contreras, who we all know is supposed to be the guy behind the plate and will, in fact, be the guy. Is that backwards, though, BT? Yeah. Like, yes. I, you're, I'm listening to you talk about it. And, you know, you say, hey, sometimes when you're on the road, the clubhouse comes, the, the pseudo video room and whatnot. How, how did that not come out sooner? How did it not, like, you're talking about the preparation that Kisner makes and all that stuff, which, great, hats off to the young man. And I understand why he made that commitment. And sometimes when you're not Yachty or Molina, you got to be overprepared. And now it's probably just life for him. But the flip side of that is, how do, why do the, does it seem like the Cardinals feel blindsided? 
by the fact that Wilson Contreras was not doing that. I mean, I don't understand how the information wasn't there. Yeah, no, I think it's a very good question. It's one that uh, I'm sure that they have been asked plenty of times. And I, I think that they knew that there were going to be some issues that they believed that they could clean up with his receiving and his framing. And really, when you look at some of the metrics, those have actually gotten better this year. Uh, but I, I, did, I don't think that they knew exactly where he was from a pitch calling and sequencing and just basically an information part of it i think that they uh they weren't exactly sure where he was but the the thing is like these are all things that can be learned as long as you want to dig in and you care enough to do it and wilson does then he's going to get there and the fact that he's he's able to be in the lineup it does cause other issues as we all know like that dh spot is one where look you'd love to have gorman there oftentimes you'd love to be able to bounce it around so like that ends up being a problem that you want to get fixed and you want to do so quickly uh but jamie no it, it is a very good question when it when it comes to like how did you not know some of the things that are in fact there? I think that they maybe knew some of them. You know, you know how it, it goes when you see a talented player across the way, and this happens across every sport, and you say, oh, man, hey, we get him over here? Look, we can fix these things. We can fix that. And I, I, I think that there maybe is part of that there with Contreras. You knew you were getting the bat first. I feel like it's just taken a heck of a lot longer than they expected it to take. BT, want to respect your time, and we know that you have to – jump on a bus to head over to Wrigley Field. So thank you. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you again at some point later on this week. Absolutely, fellas. Thank you very much. It's going to be fun. Hey, Anthony, I love the way that you started this off. With a win today, there is, in fact, a winning streak. Yeah. It has happened. And, boy, not this I would love to see that. It was really weird calling a second win in a row last night. Like sure I feel, was. It feels good, though, like, don't it? Dude, oh, it feels great. Like kids and needles upstairs. <laughs> yeah. Like Just like, all right, what's going to happen? Is everything good? I've it been was there. great last night. Yeah, been it was there, great. Buddy. Get it done. Get it done tonight. <laughs> Let's start talking about wins as opposed to all this angst. Yes. All right, BT, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you again at some point later on this week. All right, fellas, take care. Have a great show. That's our guy, Brad Thompson. You can see him tonight, Bally Sports Midwest, alongside Chip Carey as the Cardinals continue their series with the Cubs. And again, the Cardinals go for a winning streak. That's three in a row, Jamie. Yes. Let's see it. Let's let's get it done. All right, Jamie and I have a lot to cover with not only the Cardinals, but let's dive into why the NHL is likely rigged. That's next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. The first overall selection in the 2023 NHL Draft belongs to the Chicago Blackhawks. What the sh**? As soon as I heard that, not Janet, but the announcement that the Chicago Blackhawks won the draft lottery last night, I thought my guy Jamie Rivers absolutely nailed it. I knew it. Jamie, you had stated at some point during the show yesterday that you felt that the Blackhawks may get that number one overall pick because, well, it's a big market. And the NHL would want to see Connor Connor Bedard in Chicago as opposed to maybe Columbus. And boy, were you right. Call me a conspiracy theorist, however you want to do it. I'm usually not. I usually try to debunk all that stuff. Leading up to this draft, because the bottom three teams, or top three, however you want to look at it, 
were mar- two of the markets were just unacceptable for a young star. Anaheim, say what you want. Trevor Zegras is a fabulous, talented player, but can you imagine him in Chicago or in Toronto or in Montreal or in New York? This kid would be exploding even bigger than he already is. You're still the second fiddle in that area. The LA Kings are still number one. And then you've got all the other sports in the Los Angeles slash Anaheim area. Connor Bedard, yeah, maybe. Maybe not. You know, who knows? Columbus, no chance. The NHL didn't want that. The hell do we want this guy in Columbus for? I'm sure Columbus is beautiful. In fact, I know it is. I know a lot of guys who have retired there as former players. The suburbs are beautiful. They just love it. But it's not a big spot for TV and revenue and advertising and all that stuff. But Chicago, Anthony, Chicago's a pretty big city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the Chicago Blackhawks, that franchise needs some help right now in many ways. One, not a good team at all. And some would say they tanked for most of the year. I would say they didn't tank, but they sure didn't try to help their team. Uh, and then they've got that whole sexual assault thing. That's still, you know, it's still looming over the entire organization, although they've parted ways with, I believe, every single person that was there at the time. Still, what better way to get a franchise back on the map and all this stuff? I know. Conspiracy. The the tinfoil hat is going right now. But either way, Connor Bedard looks like he's going to be a Chicago Blackhawk. Well, it's one thing to say after Chicago got the number one overall pick. Oh, you know, this looks like a bit of a... A situation where the NHL set him up. Mm-hmm. Jamie, you had said this before. You said this yeah. yesterday, hours before Chicago got the number one overall pick. You know, Anthony, there's just certain things you kind of know in life, and I just knew that was going to happen. And I also knew that Anaheim was going to get the number two pick. I knew that Columbus was not going to get a top two pick. Why? I don't know. I just knew it doesn't help that the broadcast had an absolute flub yesterday with Kevin Weeks announcing that Chicago had moved up uh, out of that third spot before yeah. they even announced it, before they showed the card. So it was all pre-recorded. Well, no, here's the problem with that, okay? Let me kind of debunk a little bit of that yeah. situation. And I did, I did see a video of Gary Bettman and the ping pong balls uh, there's one on YouTube, so if people don't believe that that actually happened, there is a video where... Yeah. And the way that he proves that it was that day is he held up a newspaper. He's like, look, the, Gary's the New York Times. Gary's never Photoshop and, <laughs> and, and deep fake. Anyways, for Kevin Weeks and the ESPN crew, I don't think there's any surprise. They have to know. They have for to sure. know for production purposes, discussion points, you know, all that stuff. So Kevin Weeks and the crew that were on, um, you know, the broadcast, yeah, were they given the answers to the test? Yeah, they were. They had to. You have to. You can't just wing it and be like, okay, we're uh, we're ESPN. We're a major sports network, and we don't really know what's happening. We're just going to wing it, okay? And air. Yeah. You're on the air. The only true reality TV is sports. That's it. Reality TV is set up as well. Mm-hmm. You're telling a story. And to Jamie's point about last night, the NHL draft, ESPN's going to be ready with its graphics and all that. And the, you know, the, not only the production team, but the host, they're going to have their talking points as well. 
So we know now that the Blues will not have the top overall pick. They will not have the second overall pick. And as we all thought, they're gonna they're just gonna have that tenth that tenth pick. So they get the tenth pick in the first round. They also have the 29th pick and the 30th pick. So guys, what do we think? With Blues? Yeah. Uh, Who are you on with that tenth overall pick? Uh, I like the Leonard kid personally. He's but I don't think he's gonna get the ten. I think he'll go eight or nine. Uh, the Dvorsky kid's pretty good as well. Um, the Russian kid is really good, but he's not going to drop the 10. So we'll You're talking see. about Mitchkoff? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. You know, the Blues, here's the thing, though, too, guys. Let's let's let's, let's get wild here for a second. It's what getting if, nasty. What mm. if Doug Armstrong took one of those late first rounders, coupled it with his 10th overall pick, and traded up in the draft? To number two to get Adam. Or number three or number four, like to get one of these big time players that mm-hmm. you're looking for. Like, what if he did that? It's just like the NFL where they trade up, right? They find a reason to 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 dance with a team that's like, eh, okay, fine, we're fine. We'd rather quantity over quality because we have so much work to do. Sure. And then you take that next pick, and maybe you tie that to a player that you'd like to get out from his contract, and you trade that player plus the first round pick to another organization. To free up some cap space, mm-hmm. maybe Army wiggles his way out of a lot of trouble in that first round. It's it, to me, this is always interesting when it comes to either the NFL draft, the NHL draft, the NBA draft. Baseball, you can't trade, so it it doesn't really matter for baseball. But the different philosophies that come come with the, the drafts, the three drafts that I just mentioned, and in the NFL, the idea of going up, if if you're not going up to get a quarterback, I, I don't know how much I, I love that. Because to me, you want the, because the draft is not a perf it's not it's not a science. It's not it's certainly not a perfect science. It's something where you you, you have There's still a gamble. You got your scouting department, you're you're doing your your research, you got the the game film, you got the scouting combine, but as you just mentioned, it's still a roll of the dice. So why not have as many bites at the apple as I can? Trade back, get more players. You know, not every player is going to pan out. Some of those guys aren't even going to make it out of uh, it, it, into week one. That might be, be on your practice squad, or you're just going to flat out cut them. So why not have instead of seven picks? Why don't you have about eleven and see if you get four or five starters out of that? But what you just said is the other way to go about it. If you package those picks, yes, you have less bites at the apple, but you're increasing your odds of landing a, a top top flight player because you're going up into that top five. Well, can you imagine where the Blues are right now? We talk about they're their right there. They're right there as an organization. Can you imagine if they could move up to the third or fourth position in the draft and draft a potential franchise-type player? And you already have two other young franchise type type players in Thomas and Cairo. You've got the goaltending duo. That's like you have a lot of pieces in place, and the draft pick doesn't cost you on the cap as far as like maximum. He's still going to be on the entry level deal, which is still a not a very big cap hit for that player if he's to play on your team right away. Mm-hmm. So you package that last first round pick with a player that or a contract that you would like to. Um, take off the books all of a sudden you've got quite a bit of cap space going and you've got a great young franchise player and a core group of guys right now that's still pretty good 
Is the the talent discrepancy from five to ten that much different from the one to five? I feel like there's some teams, especially when you look at the Columbus Blue Jackets, they're probably not going to switch with you because they just got screwed. Well, yeah, you could say that, but they also might look at it and mm-hmm. go, um, "We're really not that close, mm-hmm. and we'll get two first round picks now. Yeah, we'll get two kicks at the can." And even Arizona, they have now Ottawa's pick. I believe, in the top 15. So now they have their pick and Ottawa's pick. So maybe that's another team that could switch with you. Um, There's a lot of things that could be uh, for sure. in play. I'm just looking at it from the Blues standpoint of how they could maybe get a franchise-type player. Mm-hmm. Because at number 10, you're still in the, um, in the gamble zone. So I'm just going to float this out to you. Could you see them moving maybe trading their pick and let's say something else would have to be a part of it, but to move up into that like 15 to 20 range, get a little bit closer to perhaps get a defenseman because a lot like the top 10 picks, there's no defenseman no. in that first. Well, if you're going to do that, then why wouldn't range. you just hang on to your second pick the way it is? Because you're still going to get and right. be able, it's the bot near the bottom tier of the first round. You still be able to get a defenseman at that point. Mm-hmm. The problem with that thought that I, the only pro the only problem I have with that thought is you're not getting help right away. That mm-hmm. defenseman's not playing for you for at least a year, maybe two down the road, maybe even longer. Even though he's a first round pick, mm-hmm. it takes a while for those guys. So if you're if you're looking to upgrade your core immediately, mm-hmm. and I know that's what you're thinking, like, okay, how do we get a D-man here to like kind of solidify this? It's not going to happen through that player. That's Jamie, not right now. That's Jamie Rivers. That's Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. Wednesday, June 28th. That's when that's when day one of the NHL draft is. We do have some time before the Blues are on the clock, and we start talking about positions, players that they might be targeting. Are we starting to see signs of the uh, out of this piece of crap baseball team? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Leading off the Cardinals' second inning, designated hitter number 40, Wilson Contreras. On the ground, and welcome back to Chicago, and look at him. Look at Contreras say "Booby some more. I love the intensity and the you know, the attitude. You see him get get so frustrated when he doesn't, you know, come through for us, and it's just he he wants to win so bad. His his desire to win is so great, and I think that that's that's what's rubbing off on people is that what's a rub off means that desire, that urge, you know, that that fire to win. Um, and you know, once once everyone on the team catches it, we're going to be dangerous. Heard a lot of voices there. You're Chip Carey from. Valley Sports Midwest. You heard Miles Michaelis, and of course, you heard Vladimir Tarasenko asking a very important question. A cameo from Big Daddy. Absolutely, Vladdy absolutely. <laughs> Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter, the fast line on 101 ESPN. Nice job to Andrew Marsh putting that together. Cardinals three, Cubs one, and we're starting to see some life out of this piece of crap team. Jamie, oh, Anthony, stop. We are stop. It's not a piece of crap team. They've played like crap. All right, come on. They're twelve and twenty-four. You're better than that. I'm not. One. So are they. Two. I'm 12 and 24. <laughs> I'm not. And you know that. I I enjoyed watching. One of the first times since that Toronto series where I enjoyed watching the game last night. 
It yeah, had some energy to it finally. It did, and uh, not often do I flip back and forth during a Stanley Cup playoff game to Major League Baseball. I mean, it has happened, but not often. And uh, last night I found myself going back and forth a little bit to the point where my son was like, watching baseball? Yo. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Randy gets it. I think so, that was BT. Was that BT? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's BT. Oh, that is BT. Sorry, Randy. But uh yeah, it was good. It was nice. And I think the 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 part of it that that got me most intrigued was the Wilson Contreras thing. I found myself not even found myself, I, I knew going into that game that I was pulling for him. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this briefly today, but like I feel like the Cardinals fan base is pulling for him too. I am. And so am I. And I think that People like to this is an underdog city, and Contreras. I feel like a lot of the fans feel like uh, he has been made the scapegoat for a lot of the problems. Whether or not the percentage, whatever it is, that does lie on him, you knew that coming into this. So ultimately, it's on you for the ownership, mm-hmm. the management, the front office. You knew this already. Uh, so the player has to be better moving forward. But as far as like blindsided by it, I ain't buying it one yeah. bit. And I don't like putting the blame on one guy and then now everybody walking it back. Now Jack Flaherty is like his super buddy. The other day he threw him under four buses and backed over him with the third with the fifth one. And Wayno now is gonna be his like his mentor and all that. Okay, great. I think that's great. He's going to catch Wayno now, like to bring him back from the depths of terrible baseball. You knew this guy was this way. <laughs> but I was excited about the game to get back on track here, yeah. Anthony, because of Wilson Contreras and the fact that the Cardinals looked like a baseball team again. You had some timely hitting. You had defense. God forbid you played a little defense, and you did last night. Brandon Donovan is now ushered in the left field. Because you made the move to to take Contreras from behind the plate to DH, which now moves Nolan Gorman from DH to second base against righties, and then Donovan from second out in the outfield. You've got this this domino effect happening with Donovan, who lands in left field and absolute piss rocket to home to nail Nick Madrigal in a spot where you needed it. Because that entire game, I don't know how you felt, Jamie, but... Because of the way that the season has unfolded to date, it's like this rocky ship. And you're almost just waiting. When is that big wave going to knock me off the damn ship again? Yeah. And last night had that feel to it. And in that moment, and there was there was, there was moments after that too because it was such a close game throughout. But in that moment, when Donovan threw out Madrigal and Henesis Cabrera shows that same fire, passion, and emotion that Contreras was showing throughout the course of the game, that fired me up. Yeah. Like, this is what it should look like. You had a very inefficient start out of Miles Michaelis, but a good one because he kept you in it, and he had a season-high seven strikeouts. Cabrera comes in. He's had a very nice season to really date. Good. Yeah. He almost hit a guy in the face last night, almost too. Almost hit a guy in the face. Just check. I kind of liked it. Sometimes sometimes you got to you gotta go back to your roots. They call that the Gillette pitch. Close shave. Close shave. I like yeah. that. Okay, I picked up on that. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Donovan makes a big defensive play. Again, some clutch hitting. This is, what, this is what it could look like. This is what it should look like. What does it look like if the lefty's on the bump now, though? 
Oh well, Gorman's out. I know. See but, okay, so yeah. what, Gorman what can never face a lefty ever. It's a, it's against the laws. Okay, so Anthony, walk with me here for a second. Sorry, it is. You're right. I think it is Missouri state law that Gorman cannot face lefties. I don't know if it applies in Illinois. We'll it find does. out. Okay, any major league baseball city, <laughs> is it? it applies. But w- what's the play then? Because if if Wilson Contreras is hitting like he is right now, he's 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 producing. I mean, he he flat out is producing offensively. What do you do? No, he's your DH. He's he's your everyday DH. Okay, but what do you do then with Gorman when a lefty's on the bump? Because you have been absolutely reluctant as an organization to put him in there at all costs. Right. Donovan, but now what? Donovan goes okay, back. Who goes in left field? Burleson? Burleson? He's a left at bat, too. Oh, yeah, no, you couldn't do that. See what I'm saying? That's why I said walk with me. Hmm. Yepes? Yep. You can put him in left field? Probably. You, you would have to put him and Burleson in left field. Together and apply for exceptional status from the league, just like they did with Contreras <laughs> last night when they sent in they sent in their request to make sure that he could get his ovation. It's the same deal. They send the request to Major League Baseball. Hey, if you watch these two guys play the outfield, you know you're gonna be okay with yeah. uh, with, with us sending both guys out. You can even stagger them. It's yeah, not it's not gonna matter. But yeah, probably it's gonna be yippy until Tyler O'Neill is is healthy again. All right, I just think that that's silliness. It is. It all is. It is silly. Here's an idea. How about you just have Gorman face lefties and turn him into an everyday player? If he's not ever going to face a lefty, how the hell is he going to get any better against him? Well, Jamie, it's a great, it, probably osmosis. It's a great question. Probably osmosis. Osmosis. Maybe it's just a visual thing. If he sits there on the bench and he visualizes how to hit lefties, eventually he'll be able to hit lefties. And you don't need the reps. All right, do we have enough snark? Yeah. Is that enough snark for the Somebody day? Somebody said to put Kisner in left field. Need him to catch. You need a catch. You got to have oh, a catch. Oh, you put Barrera maybe? Put Barrera behind the dish? I see where, the, I see where they're going with that. <laughs> it could. It's not a bad thought. Speaking of catcher, the Cardinals decreasing their value at catcher. I think yes, but do we care at this point? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. The video room oftentimes is kind of set up in the clubhouse. Kiz is there early, and he's pouring over video, and you see pitchers come over to him and ask him questions about stuff. Like, that part of it is there, and that's what Wilson is trying to get to. And to credit him again, like, he wants that. Like, he wants to get to that point. And I think that Kisner right now is a steadying presence for the pitching staff, but I also think that he's going to be one heck of a resource for Wilson Contreras, who we all know is supposed to be the guy behind the plate and will, in fact, be the guy. That was Brad Thompson with us earlier in the show. You can listen to the podcast after the show. All available at 101ESPN.com and your 101 ESPN mobile app. All brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. There we go. Jamie, you're, okay, so what's the deal? What? Go ahead. You look, you're giving me the side eye. Go for it. I'd rather, I'd rather address this than continue and just have your... Your frustrations pour out at some point during uh, during this segment. So let's just go. How backass is that right there? <laughs> Honestly, like our guy BT, call it like it is, 100%. So what I'm saying, I'm not critiquing BT's comment, 
How back ass is that situation, though? Mm-hmm. That'd be like saying Kisner was uh, had Yachty under his wing the other day and was working on some things with him. I know that's extreme because it's Yachty or Molina, but Wilson Contreras has been in the majors for what six years, seven years. Somebody help me, anyone? Yeah. Bueller. The, the, you're in that. You're so, in that ballpark. In that ballpark, right? Yeah, it's mm. a good one. And you're relying on Andrew Kisner, who is an afterthought right now, a backup catcher. He is tutoring your $85 million signing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. That, it's terrible. It's a horrible look, period, dot. It makes no sense at all to me. And I, I'm of the understanding right now that Wilson Contreras isn't there. That's fine. Well, he needs the help. Great. I want him to get the help. Why? Why are we here? At this point. Because Mo got duped and the Cubs... Mo didn't get duped. He didn't get duped? How did how did Mo get duped? John Mozeliak, you can say whatever the hell you want about him it, it's, if you're a Cardinals fan. He is an intelligent human being. He didn't get to be the president of baseball operations just by luck. He didn't get there because, so oh, somebody owed his dad a favor. Not true. He worked his way up through the ranks and got to be president of baseball operations of the St. Louis Cardinals. A historic, well-respected franchise. He may not always make the right moves. You may not like everything he does. But there's no way that man got duped. So what do you think happened then? They overlooked it. I think he got the tight cheeks when it came to the compensation for Sean Murphy. Mm -hmm. I think that he had PTSD from all the trades that he'd made before, that now those guys are successful. And I think it, he went, yeah, I'd rather not. So I'm going to pivot, even though I know door number two is not ideal. Yeah, We're hoping that the look over here, he hits for power, will make up for the mm-hmm. lack of whatever he's got defensively as a catcher. And he's passionate and he's fiery and Yachty approves of this guy. What could go wrong? Well, then it blew up in his face. And you can't tell me that it's all Contreras. You cannot. I don't think anybody's saying that. You had a bunch of pitchers that went to the WBC who weren't there to work with him, who didn't get to know him. And you talk about lining up for pitches. I'm watching the game like you are. Contreras will line up for, you know, low and outside. Let's go, baby. And it goes middle inside. Middle, middle. Gone. And that's his fault. He didn't call watermelon over the middle of the plate. He called breaking ball low and away. Yeah. But, but Jamie, I don't think they make this move for no reason. I'm I'm with you in that there's... there's... My mind is exploding the more I think about this. And the more I hear about Andrew Kisner's going to help him. And then he's standing there watching the game with with Ollie and Dusty Blake and Wayno's got him now. It's like, what are we doing here? It's an $85 million player. You don't have an $85 million project. So you're saying Mo's insane. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying we have an $85 million project. Okay, so one of two things happened. Either he got duped, Jamie. Didn't get duped. Or he chased the offense and said, to hell with it. I think he got scared. We'll be fine. He got scared. He got scared of the asking price for Murphy, and he didn't want to deal with that again. He didn't want Cardinal Nation to tear him apart for a young player that he gave up on and have that player come back and haunt his dreams forever. Okay, so he either got duped or he's not hes not strong in his convictions then? Both. Well, you said he didn't get duped. I don't duped. know. 
You're I'm angry. You're angry. Yeah. But the okay. Chicago Cubs, to their credit, now listening to national radio and people from Chicago and all that, they're like, hee, hee, hee. we got you because we hid this guy just enough so that people were kind of like, eh, you know, I mean, hey, he caught game seven of the World Series championship. He can't be that bad, mm-hmm. right? It's a great guy, fiery guy, offense, big bat from behind the plate. They hit him just enough so that his market value never really dropped so that when somebody like the Cardinals would come and sign him, they'd get maximum return for that. They'd get the draft pick, they'd get the money from the international signing, mm-hmm. and they'd be walking off into some with some other catcher. Somebody tipped off Dusty Baker, though. It had to. Uh, didn't Somebody, Dusty Baker manage? He him? was in Chicago. No, yeah. he, no, I don't think he. I don't think he ever managed Wilson Contreras. It has to be close. I don't know when they overlapped. Contreras, was Contreras in the organization when Dusty was there? I can't remember. Dusty Baker was the manager in like 2003. Yeah, I don't think they overlap, but it, so, certainly, certainly, <laughs> Dusty Baker. Still, shut up, Andrew. Certainly, Dusty Baker <laughs> still has ties within wow. within the Cubs. I'm sure, but somebody tipped him off. Because I, I made this, I made this point yesterday. The deal was done. They were going to the the Houston Astros, the defending World Series champions, were going to send Jose Urquidy from. Uh, well, he, he was a starting pitcher. They're going to send him to Chicago for Wills Contreras at the deadline last year, and the owner of Houston never signed off on the deal. Mm-hmm. I highly doubt he would nix a deal. Unless his manager came to him and said, we don't want this guy. And they ended up getting Christian Vasquez instead. Who is what? A better defensive catcher as opposed to he's he's more defense and offense. Mm-hmm. So that's what Houston did. That was the first sign that something was amiss with Wilson Contreras' def- defensive skills. And then after he signed with the Cardinals, then the Cubs started to release some information to guys like Ken Rosenthal. Like, yeah, we kind of took away the the game-calling duties and things like that from Contreras. But the question is, are the Cardinals decreasing their value at catcher? Yeah, because you have to move Contreras from the catcher spot to DH. You're locking him in now at DH, so you don't have that flexibility there. You had all that, but you had all that, you had that log jam in the outfield that you now move to basically the DH spot. Yeah. So you get a log jam now at DH, and you're putting in Kisner because you have to, who is, of course, a worse offensive player. My question is do you care? After we, what we saw with this pitching staff, do you care? I don't. You got to get better. You have to get better results from your pitching staff. I don't care about the ninth spot in the order now. <clears throat> yeah. If the ninth spot hits 125, fine. As long as the pitching isn't an absolute dumpster fire. It's not all Contreras, Jamie. You're right. But the pitching has been disastrous up until recently. why are we not talking about that more then? We talked about that to start the season. Everything got deflected over to poor old Wilson Contreras. Like, he's the mastermind behind terrible pitching and execution. Like, he's the problem that Steven Matt's curveball and slider didn't move at all. It's his fault, right? No, it isn't. But we've stopped talking about that now because you've 
you've put a guy over on an island now, and now you're trying to drag the island back to the mainland because you realize, boy, we look like real asshats for putting this guy on an island. Okay, I agree with that. And, I, and they, they had a lot of missteps along the way, including not being on the same damn page before the information got reported to the public. I mean, that was a major misstep, too, from this organization. Jamie, however, we demanded a week ago, make changes, make changes, make changes. They did. Anthony, they, they made a change. You're, that's where you're going with this? Absolutely. They made a change, but this is a change that they should have been making from the beginning. This is a change they didn't have to make. They should have never signed him in in retrospect, but they did. So now, would you have rather them saying, okay, we know this guy can't can't really call games. We're just going to play this thing out. Could you imagine the fire and brimstone that would have fallen at Bush Stadium had they kept Contreras and just said, oh, you know, we paid $85 million. Let's just keep him behind the dish, even though the pitching staff isn't You know what I mean? But I go back to the original statement I had on this whole situation. You take him out from behind the plate. You give him, you string a handful of games together at the DH. When the media starts asking, you just say, hey, listen, he's working working through a few things right now. That that could mean injury. It could be uh, something from a baseball standpoint, play game calling. He's working through some things right now. He's going to get an opportunity. We're hoping... He gets right enough here in the near future. And you go like four, five, six games, and then you drop him back behind the dish. You have to. And you see how he does. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to – and then maybe you space him out again and say, ah, you know, still working through some things. The media doesn't have to know what the hell he's working through. Yeah, we're going to keep it internally. Not even, I wouldn't even say that. I'd say he's working through some things. Well, what are those things? Ah, you know, they're not really for public consumption, but I'm just telling you, uh, he's doing great swinging the back great. It doesn't it – doesn't, you know, hurt his swing or his offense, but he's working through a couple things defensively. So, oh, is it an injury? Mm-hmm. Ah, we're not disclosing that right now. That would have been easy too with the with with the the, the opening day. Of course, injury. off the knee. Yep. Yeah. Like so many ways have handled this. You and I agree. You, you and I agree on that statement. I know it worries me. It should. Yeah. Really should. Yeah. It feels weird. Yeah, not, not uncomfortable. uncomfortable. <laughs> That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stoltzer. 314. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. We have What's Trending coming up next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a half-price Cardinals ticket voucher. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers. I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Guys, we talked about it earlier in the show, but the Chicago Blackhawks have the number one overall pick. And no, it was not rigged. Yeah, it was. Even though Marsh. we feel like it was. It was rigged. Marsh, why don't you go ahead and tell the people the truth? Yeah, I'm tired of you insulting our listeners. Mm-hmm. Gary Bettman! Made a video 20 different times until the Blackhawks finally landed on their numbers. Probably. I mean, the, I mean what else who is knows? he doing It right could have happened. That absolutely could have happened that yeah. way. Maybe. Either way. Either way, yeah. I just uh, think the Connor balls were heavier. I don't No, I don't think so. Somebody say the frozen balls dropped to the bottom, too. Yep. I would disagree. The Blues were one number off, though. 
from yeah, typically from when they're frozen, it. they go up. They should, yeah, yeah. Good call. What about the Blues, Andrew? The Blues were one number, so there's four numbers for people that don't know how the how the process works. Yeah, break down the math for us, Marshy. Process so, or process? Uh, depends on if you're from process. United States or Canada. Yes. Um, process, uh, Northern, um, yeah. of course. Pasta is uh, pasta. Yeah. Canadian. Pasta? Give me one pasta. more. There's one that gets used all the time. Uh, you know this one, Mark. Bag. What? Bag. Bag. Yeah, like a bag. Bag. Okay. A bag. A trash what about bag. Organization. Oh yeah, organization. Yeah. That's right. The organization That's right. is going in a different direction. You, I've heard that before. Yeah. You guys. You guys also <laughs> spell center. Yeah. No, no, we yeah, spell it the French way. Hmm. Uh, they spell neighbor different. That's why Jake Neighbors is with a, a U in his name. Really? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. And well, color. I, know, I knew Jake Neighbors' color name. wrong, too. Guys, it's all about where you're at geographically. That's why I was so screwed up for so long. Th- imagine this. That's why? Well, this is only part of it, but imagine this, Anthony. I grew up in an English household. My parents sent me to a completely French school, and then I ended up in the United States. Yeah. Thank God for spell check. <laughs> Even now. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, the way that this process works is that there's the little balls, the ping pong balls. They get How big are they? Uh, they, you know, they're about well, you heard of me. They can it's fit in your hand. Is it ju- two of them? Or just one at a time? Uh, I think these these ping pong balls, I think you could probably you could probably squeeze two in your Johnny hand. Johnny Bench could fit like seven balls yeah. in his hand. Mhm. Is that what you want to be known for? I don't know. I mean, Anthony, he was one of the best catchers to ever play the game. Maybe we should have him here. Maybe. I know it's tough. Go ahead, Andrew. Anyways, so (laughs) these four ping pong balls and, uh, you know, the balls get drawn and whatnot. And you have a number sequence. And if it lines up with that certain sequence, then you get the pick. And the Blackhawks sequence was four, five, nine and 13. The blue sequence went four, five, eight, 13. So they were one number off. It was that third ball. They were one number off from getting the first overall pick. Of course, a few other teams were one number off as well, uh, including the, um, you know, the Vancouver Canucks. They were one number off. They went four, five, nine, and 12. So, and then Columbus Blue Jackets were four, five, nine, and 14. So it just so happened that it landed right on the Blackhawks. Yeah, so they really made it good. They dressed it up real pretty, didn't they? Yeah. Real nice. They real put a nice, nice dress on that thing. Did the hair and makeup, and oh, there you go. You missed it by one number, Blues. By the way, you were never going to get it anyways. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So, whatever. We see through. Batman. We see through this process. Yeah. All the lies. Uh, so... Of course, not great news for the Blues. They don't get the number one pick. However, maybe some good news here uh, for the Western Conference. Um, Gabriel Landeskog, who did not play like at all this year, is going to miss all of next season with knee surgery. He's having another procedure done on his right knee and is expected to miss the entire regular season. The Colorado Avalanche announced today. That's yeah, it's, tough. it's unfortunate for a guy like that. I mean... I mean, come on. We know we 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 don't like him as an opponent, but you feel for the guy. Boy, if he was wearing the blue note, you'd like him. And we, a lot of Blues fans wanted him. Oh, I did. Do you remember that? I did. There I thought was, it would have been. A, he I was thought a free it would have been agent. An incredible free agent signing for the Blues. Now it turns out he wanted to stay in Colorado, mm-hmm. and he got paid 
big time. But where it's going to get interesting here is they're going to get that LTIR money. Oh, jeez. They are. And so they're going to be able to go out and get another $10 million player. Mm -hmm. And that if it just so happens that Landis Gog is okay for the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he will be. You're good. You're good. Even if you don't get uh, 100% Landis Gog, even if he's still at 85%, 90%, still a really good player. And the Avs were littered with injuries this year, which I believe is the primary reason they're not still in the Stanley Cup playoffs. That and the fact that Bowie's out there just Bowie, scaring the hell yeah. out of teams. The Val Nachushkin debacle yeah, did not help weird. them at I, all. I still haven't read up on all of that, so I'm not going to comment on yeah, that. Yeah, but we can, definitely, no comment. we can definitely comment on Bowie, probably his playoff beard. Yeah, that beard's weird looking. I don't know, it's like Pippi Longstocking's got her hair hanging from his face. What? <laughs> what did you just say? That took a turn. What the hell is Bowie doing? What's trending, Rushy? Uh, Max Scherzer, <laughs> he was scratched ahead of his start today against the Reds. <laughs> Who, Bowie? All of them. Oh. Scherzer, too. Cheating. Yeah, it was Scherzer. <laughs> he was caught cheating. Uh, Max Scherzer has been battling his shoulder and back discomfort for most of the season. Trade him. Uh, and uh, he had to have a start in April pushed back as well because of that injury. And today he was scratched. So uh, not looking good for the Mets. No. I feel like we're so caught up on how bad the Cardinals have been that we don't look at the rest of the league because there's a lot of teams that have not been playing well. Arch, this is the only team that matters. No, that's true. You're not wrong. St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, but you knew something was up with the Mets when they, they recalled David Peterson from the minors and said, you're not going to pitch tonight in Iowa or wherever the hell he was set to pitch. Mm. You're going to go to, where were they playing? Cincinnati. Mm. You're going to meet us there. So you knew something was up. Scherzer's been dealing with that back scapula issue, so not not good. But, Marsh, to your bigger point, the Cardinals aren't the only big-time franchise that's in last place in a shocking manner. The New York Yankees are 19 and yeah. 17. Now, at least the Yankees have a winning record and they play in a stacked division. And they get Aaron Not this Judge absolute back. dumpster fire that is the NL Central. You know, oh, I, thought this... talking, I thought you were talking about the NL East. I'm like, what are you talking about? No, no, no. no. The Yankees are in last place, but they're two games <clears throat> above 500 with a plus eight run differential. They just happen to play in the best best division in baseball unlike the cardinals who are 12 and 24 and play in a division where a week ago they they combined for like 17 straight losses do you know what's scary though honestly is that the st louis cardinals as horrific as it's been they're only nine games back <laughs> to my point like, about the division that's what i'm saying i'm i'm actually supporting your comment anthony Thank you, Jamie. I know you're not used to it. I'm really not. Yeah, what is, is going on? This is uncharted territory this right is, I, I believe there's people in your life that have told you you should listen a little more. Hey, you, Anthony. You, you, hey, Jamie, there's been a lot of people in my life that says, we don't value what you have to say. That's true. So it doesn't matter what you're saying. I'm not so, listening. So I'm used to Exactly. Yeah, I've, I've had that too. 328. Bar. <laughs> At 328, ironically. Jamie and Stalter got along. Yeah. We get along a lot. Yeah. At 328. At the, specifically at 328. Mm-hmm. 
Nothing specific about that no. time. You. Oh, wow. <laughs> really? This is coming from... The clock don't lie. That was a mule kick right to your front teeth. It's coming from Marsh, a Vikings fan. I um, wish... I wish... How old were you in 98? Were you even alive 98? in 98? I was a Rams fan in, at that point. How old were you, you were. in 98? How 98? old were you? Well, what day? I was two. Jeez. I was a Rams fan at two. Yeah, Jesus, I was. Andrew. 98, he was two. I went to the parade. As a Falcon fan, I have the ultimate comeback to you if you were a Vikings fan in 98. Well, I wasn't. He's two. He's a baby. Throwing the 28 to 3 thing in my face. Better watch out, Marsh. I'm going to contact Bowie. He's going to haunt your dreams. Jeez. He's not doing other things that Jamie was suggesting. It's a fast lane <laughs> on 101 ESPN. Is Miles Michaelis back to his old form? Maybe. Uh, and we'll get into it next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. From what we saw in the beginning of the year, his first three starts, he had an ERA north of 10. Like, that just was not right, uh, giving up hits left and right. And I, I thought he did a, a very good job of mixing things up. The Cubs did make him work. I love the way that he used his sinker. C.B. Buckner was giving that sinker off the plate away to the righties, and he would give it tailing back to the lefties, and he took advantage of it, didn't make mistakes over the middle of the plate. You know how quickly things can shift. We've seen it so many times. So, look, I, I think it's promising what we've seen in the last four starts for Miles Michaelis. And I hope that we're building upon something that's promising this turnaround. How's our guy Brad Thompson? You can see him tonight. Valley Sports Midwest as the Cardinals continue their series with the Cubs. Last night, the Cardinals got it done with a 3-1 victory. And Miles Michaelis, while not efficient, was able to keep the team in the ball game. He only goes four and a third. And wow, that's a new complete game. Oh, no, that's five. Yeah, five is My the bad, new Anthony, complete game. Off. Yep, that's all right. He he not who's knocking on the door of a complete game. Can I say something real Which quick? Door? The front. Well, you have the front door, you have side door, and you have the back door. Which one do you knock on? If you arrive to somebody's back door, should you knock? Probably, right? Probably. I think it's you knock immediately on the back door, or do you see if they're home and then walk around to the front and then knock on the front door? Typically, you're or not. Is that weird to go straight to the back door right away? It's weird. It goes, yeah. Depends on whose house it is. I guess he, it depends on where they accept company more often. Yeah. Like, cause I know growing up at my house, the side door was where most people came, not the front door. Anyways, as you were, Anthony. By the way, the text line has informed me that I just gave the Chicago Cubs the first overall pick in the NHL draft. Oh, did you? I guess I did. Did you say the Cubs? I guess so. In your Sports Center update? I meant the Blackhawks. Although, That's right. It's fine. If people are tuning in right now, listening uh, for for, for uh, professionalism, yeah, yeah, well, you came it. You, you came to the right place. Oh, yeah. One hundred and one ESPN has a lot of professional people, uh, just not from two to six. Miles Michaelis, four and a third innings last night, needed ninety six pitches to record thirteen outs. He struck out a season high, seven batters, held the Cubs to only one run. As I mentioned earlier with BT, he is now he he has posted a two point two ERA. Over his last three starts, the ERA is lowered from seven four six to five four zero. 
There's no way around this, man. Four and a third is not going to cut it, especially out of somebody that you're paying a decent, decent amount of money to eat innings for you. That's just the bottom line. But where we are with Miles Michaelis, this is this is signs of improvement, Jamie. It's all about perspective. Yeah, you know what? It is one way of looking at it. Whether the glass is half empty or the glass is half full. Uh, I'd rather not be having to try and split hairs with the way we're going to judge it or, or evaluate it, but we're that's where we are right now. It's not good enough. It's not. And I understand that going, you know, nine innings, complete games, are those are unicorns. Think of a pass. Well, they're unicorns at this point, right? Bob Gibson is disgusted right now. He's rolling in his grave. Bob Gibson is definitely disgusted with a lot of things to do with pitching and probably Major League Baseball at this point. But again, we're not gonna we're gonna we're not gonna put Gibby in that. Spot right now, here's where I'm going to go. I don't expect any starters, for that matter, to go past seven innings anymore in this day and age. Every now and then you get the oddity of a complete game. It's usually from an old-school pitcher. It's usually a Verlander, a Scherzer, a Wainwright. Yeah. A stud. An ace. Yeah. Well, you don't have one of those. You don't have to worry about it. Careful about that. Um, but I would like to get to six innings. Like, quality start is six innings, I believe. It is. Let's get to six. Because what's going to happen here, and it doesn't take a baseball genius to figure this out, what's going to happen here is you're going to tax the hell out of your bullpen. And what's going to – then the the residual effect is you've got the Memphis train now going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth because you're just trying to keep available arms ready to go in your bullpen because your starters don't go deep enough. And that's going to wear on players as well. Going back and forth seems like it's just Memphis. It's still a pain in the ass. It still is. And they're not always just in Memphis. They, they travel too. And then they're on the road, and then you're disrupting things, and then maybe they're out of rhythm. It catches up to you. Ultimately, whether it's fatigue or just lack of being in, in the right rhythm or whatever, it will catch up to the team, and it will hurt you. And it has already this year. There have been a handful of games recently where your starters haven't been terrible, but they haven't gone deep enough. And then your bullpen comes in and gives up two or three runs. Or more. And you're like, well, damn, that stinks. Well, yeah, it does, but expect more of it because you're taxing these guys too much. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't like it. You need, a, you need a better pitching staff. You need a better rotation. You're not going to be able to do anything right now about it, but you're going to need to build a, a, a better rotation. It only gets worse from here, by the way. Steven Matz and Miles Michaelis are the only two guys that are signed beyond this year, as we've talked about, and neither guy outside of Michaelis's last three starts and Matt's last start on Sunday has has been good for you. You got a major issue. And you could go the young the, the youth route at some point. Maybe Zach Thompson. Well, they're stretching him, him to be a starter now, Anthony. I know. So, how about that for a second? Let's we've never talked about this, at least not you and I. That's your pivot. So this is what your hope and your wish and your pray is that Zach Thompson can go down, get stretched out, and you're ca- you will be calling him back up to put him in your rotation. That's where he started. Then you moved him to the bullpen because you didn't like him as a starter, and now you're putting the square peg in the round hole again. Like that's where you're at. Where's Libertor? Well, he's in Memphis. Sorry, where's Libertor? What's the view- what's the viewpoint of Libertor with this organization? Well, I think that they want him to be part of the rotation. I don't know why he hasn't been yet this year. Unless for some reason, okay, hear me out. For some reason, they're not 
uh, convinced with the body work yet, or let's go back. They didn't want to put him in the hands of Wilson Contreras. That would make sense. I know, right? Mind is blown right Great now. Great point, Jamie. And it literally you just, just blew Andrew, Ma- Andrew Marsh's mind. Oh, yeah. I finished this, this sentence. Don't worry about it. So did yeah. he. So, mm-hmm. that being said, I never thought about that till right now. Is it maybe some of these moves that have not been made are because they're like, we can't, we don't want to put. It's a great point. Never mind the pressure of us losing mm-hmm. right now, the pressure of we don't have a catcher that can call the game the right way. Yeah, well, I'll go back to then why did you sign him? Anthony, that all roads lead back to that. And one of the guests, here's the thing that I found to be an interesting statement or opinion. I forget what guest that uh, BK and Ferrario had on today. Brad Osmus? No, the other guy. Start with Brad K. No, Brad Keller, man. I don't know. Brad, Brad Keselowski. Brad Ke- Keselowski. Do you know this or not? <laughs> Brad Keselowski. That's who it was. It was Brad Kez- He's got Keselowski. He's a podcast. That- <laughs> the hell was that? He's, He's a NASCAR, NASCAR driver. Yeah. Um, he said an interesting thing today. Who, whoever it was, I wish I could, no disrespect to this individual because his interview was really great BK with BK and us. Ferrario uh, earlier today. He said an interesting thing. He says John Mosellock was front and center for the press conference, putting the jersey on Wilson Contreras and thumbs up and the whole big, you know, where is he now? Oh, I agreed. But, but why is he not front and center right now? Agreed. I, Jamie, you and I talked about this two days ago. Eric Kratz, thank you. Mm. Text line. Thank you very much. Yesterday we talked about it. We talked about it. Like, yeah, Sunday. Week, would have, that yeah. would have been two days ago. Yesterday we talked about this. Why isn't John Mosellock addressed the media? Mm. You had mentioned you brought up Doug Armstrong. Yeah. Things are going things are going sideways with your organization. You made a move to bring in a catcher, and now you need a catcher. That's a problem. And you're free, and we'll get to this at some point, but your free your free agent signings have stunk. They have stunk. Mike League, Dexter Fowler. Bad body odor? No, Marsh, I mean, they're not productive. Bad body odor? Who had bad body odor? Drew Homerhagen. Steven Matz. Oh, Drew Verhagen has not been bad this year. Oh, I'm sorry, he's been fine. Val, take it. (laughs) That's where we're at. I'll take it. Brett Cecil. Andrew Miller. Well, Brett Cecil doesn't play Jahani Peralta. These are your free agent signings. He wasn't great. March, was you fine. handed him four years and 53 mil. He was fine. I guess 53 mil doesn't go as as far as it once did. Hey, don't forget, did you, did you say Greg Holland? Greg Holland. Did you throw him on there, too? I did. He's a one-year deal. I don't mind the one-year deals. Oh, here comes Anthony with his. Oh, okay, Anthony's going to repeat a point over four <laughs> hours. <laughs> Sorry. Anthony's one-year deal. It's a lot of time to fill, Jamie. We're Anthony's gonna get offensive line. One day, Anthony. Certain, certain points are going to come up. get a tattoo that says one-year deal. Doesn't hurt. Hey, how does Cody Bellinger look for the Cubs right now? I wanted him on a one-year he deal. Struck out a few times. You don't have to throw your. Hey, pen. do you think back tattoo Mo would have addressed the media by now? Oh yeah, he would have told us. To I think kiss back tattoo Mo has had laser tat- removal. Loving rear end. He's had laser removal. What? Yeah, I don't think that back tattoo's there anymore. Oh Ooh. wow, Jamie. Is and he's taking both throwing it down. Out. Look what? at you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it because it's the summer? I just don't know. I think he had it. 
I think as soon as he made that signing, he was like, I think I'll get ahead of this now. Mm-hmm. Maybe so, he removed it and put a giant commissioner's trophy on it, and, and it says 2023 World Series champions. Yeah, I don't think he went that far. Oh, yeah, I don't think so either. Nope. All right, what's our honest evaluation for City SC at this point? Season's about a third of the way done. City looks good so far. They sit in second place in the West. And they have uh, a tournament tonight. They play in a tournament game. Apparently, they stopped the season to play tournaments in uh, in soccer. I didn't know that, Jamie. I didn't know that. Here we go again. What do you mean, here we go again? You're such a jerk. You got an MLS season. A season's really important. Let's stop it to play a tournament. It's an important tournament, though. Anthony, you're single-handedly going to just change soccer culture across the world. I'm not trying to. No, no, keep going. <laughs> you just keep banging that drum, Anthony. You just keep banging away, okay? Okay. All right. A guy like you, that's all you do. You just keep banging away. You don't think of anybody else but yourself. <laughs> what? You know what I'm talking about. You want the whole soccer world to change for you. I didn't know that they Selfish. paused a season <laughs> to play tournaments. That's all I said. And then you launched into this it's rant. It's a fast lane here on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. We now have your chance to win a pair. Of tickets to go see Aerosmith with special guest with the Black Crows on October 26th at Enterprise Center. Tickets for Aerosmith's farewell tour are on sale now, or you can listen to the trivia question right now and text in at 314-399-9646 to win free tickets if you have the correct answer and you're the 101st texter to the Air Comfort Service text line. Here's your question. Which album had a picture of a black pickup truck on the cover for Aerosmith? If you know that album, the name of it, text in any Aerosmith fan. Great album. Revitalized Aerosmith, that album. We were going over that album's track list the other day. Yesterday, we were like, oh, yeah, that's right. We're trying to figure, we're trying to remember uh, the the song listings there. I remember when that album came out, I was a young hockey player and started playing that thing in the locker room. I was like, yeah. yeah. Who are these guys? No, I knew who they were, Anthony. Aerosmith was still pretty popular at that point. They just had kind of quietened down a little bit and then this one got back on the map had some things going on yeah quite a few actually (laughs) you know yeah came back with a vengeance though sure did so again what album cover featured a black pickup truck on the cover of the it would have been a cd for me i don't know about for you yeah it was a cd anthony okay could have been a cassette cassette tape there was a cassette tape you're right sure your eight track yeah you ever have one of those no we had the eight track at the Rivers house. Um, and I'll never forget the the number one eight track that we had was Saturday Night Fever. Nice. The soundtrack. You'd fire that bad boy up and we had like this stereo that was the size of the entire room but had like a little wee speaker in it and that was it. We had a record player and an eight track. Nice. And then we we managed to get a portable eight track. This thing was bright red. I'll never forget it. it. had one little speaker and a big shoulder strap. And you had to put like eight D batteries in this thing to get her going. Damn right you, you did. Slide that eight track in and be like, <laughs> click, 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 click to get to your song. 
And then my brother walked around, he'd hold it. He thought he was like John Travolta. Yeah. Sean, what a doer. <laughs> <laughs> it's, better, it's better than the cassette tape, though. It's like... Nope, not that... Do you remember when some of those little portable cassette things started to get the... You yep. the high pitch, and then you could hear when it, the, the, the yeah, music you played it. it. And you go, oh, there's the there's end of the song. song. Yeah, life was tough back then, Marsh. Yeah. You can't just skip through it like you do on your fancy iPods now. Mm. I think I don't even think people are using iPods anymore. I don't anymore. think so. No. Yeah, it's pretty much all cell phones. Hey, City uh, is <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna continue. They're gonna play tonight. Lamar Hunt US Open Cup campaign against Chicago Fire. It's the round of thirty two tonight. Yeah in Bridgeview, Illinois. Kickoff is scheduled for seven o'clock central time. And uh, I'm fired up, boy. City SC, they've earned a dominant 5-1 win over Union Omaha in their first-ever Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup match at City Park. Rallied behind a couple of goals from uh, Jackson and Watts and Leuven. An own goal as well, Jamie. We always like those. This City SC team, man, they have been impressive on the road so far this season. So uh, I... I just love where this city team is right now. Collectively, how they've been playing. The system has been outstanding for them. Sure, have there been some hiccups along the way? Absolutely. But you not only learn from success, Jamie, you learn from your failures. And well I think said. that's where the city team is right now. Yeah, well said, Anthony. Honestly, this... 5-1 th- win tonight, I'm saying. I'm calling it. 5-1 oh, win, Jamie. That's steep. I'm going to go with a 3-1 victory for city. Yeah, I believe you don't. Well, depends what level you believe in reality and sometimes just insanity. But either way, this uh, St. Louis City team has far exceeded anything I thought they could be. And I don't know if that makes me sound like a jerk, but when you talk expansion teams, uh, specifically in in the sport of soccer and MLS too, where the pool of players that you're trying to pull from, most of the big high-end players are already gobbled up by either another MLS team mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, European leagues because maybe the pay is better or whatnot. But credit to uh, Bradley Carnell and the organization, they had a very clear vision from day one as to what they wanted this team to look like as far as an identity, a work ethic, a system, and it sounded great because Bradley Carnell's a fantastic speaker. Mm-hmm. But the more I listen to him speak, the more I'm like, okay, this guy's a communicator. The information gets to you very easily. And I think that that's one thing that has happened here with St. Louis City SC being an expansion team, taking all these different players from different areas, putting them together and having success is Bradley Carnell's been able to uh, to communicate the information uh, in an easy way so they understand it and in a way that these players respect. I am thrilled with what's happened. No matter what happens from here on out, this has been a massive success for St. Louis City SC. And the fan base, as we know, they were going to show up in droves. Thrilled for the soccer fans here in St. Louis. Everybody that has gone to City Park has loved their experience. Loved it. Can't wait to go back. Huge success. Mm -hmm. You're right, no matter what happens. Tonight, they're going to win 5-1 against Chicago. Anything short of the championship, I'll be pissed. But however, that being said, you know. Yeah, well said. I uh, recommend going online and looking at the Chicago Fire, like, 
hype video no. for this game. Is it cringy? Oh my goodness, it's awful. Is it terrible? It's oh. terrible. One of the worst hype videos you've ever seen? Oh, uh, it's up there. It makes sense. Chicago, it's up there. You should totally it watch it. Okay. You should totally watch it. It's, it's, it's so bad. It's not as cringy it's as... Good. No, it's not good at all. Um, not even, not even in that sense of the you know what we ju- what you just said. I think it's up there with, um, you know, Mister Mister Unlimited. Yeah, Mister Unlimited. Oh, Mr. Unlimited. Oh like, it's not as bad, but like it's it's not as bad as Mister Unlimited, but it's up there. No kidding. Well, hopefully yeah. they play okay. as bad as Mister Unlimited. Yeah. Oh, they will, especially when you. Face a city team like they're going to face tonight. Slowsdale. Mm-hmm. Go on with next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. It's a goal in on 101 ESPN 404. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. With Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh and Anthony Stolzer, we welcome in John. What's up, John? Doing great, boys. How are you? Doing good. First time in the gauntlet? Uh, yes, it is. All right. Well, welcome aboard. Who would you like to take on, Marsh, Jamie, or myself? Uh, well, I'd like to take on Jamie, but he's on too much of a heater. So I'll go with against you, Anthony. Oh, wow, Anthony. How do you feel about that? I think John's an incredibly smart man, considering <laughs> I, I've i dropped, what, Marsh, seven of the last eight? I mean, I have not been good. What are you, the Cardinal? No, Anthony, yes. you won on Friday. Well, exactly. If you go beyond that, though. Ah, who cares? We're not looking at that. You gave us a clean sweep last week, though. That's true. All right. Thanks for pumping me up, guys. John, good luck. <laughs> Thank you. You too. Thank you. All right. As Anthony uh, heads off to the cone of silence here, John, we'll go over the rules real quick. Before questions, if you do not use the options and answer correctly, it's worth two points. If you use the options and answer correctly, it's one point. If you get it wrong, well, you just get it wrong, and sometimes we laugh at that point. But right now, I need you to tell Marshy to spin that wheel. Go ahead, Marshy, spin that wheel. All right, John, what are you hoping that it isn't? Uh, no football. That'd be, you know, that's his, his ballywick, so no football. All right. What's your next one that you don't want? Um, I, the others are I'm kind of oblivious, oblivious, so. Okay. Well, the category today is going to be random, John. It was almost hockey, It too. literally just the, you know how like when it clicks, that one last click, it just clicked out of hockey. Anthony would have, he he lost have been his mind. unglued. <laughs> He's had hockey so many times. I kind of wish it was. I know, right? Just to see him blow up. All right, John, I'm pulling out the questions here. I'm going to hand Marshy over. Thank you, sir. Here's questions. Category is random. John, are you ready to go? Yes, sir. All right, buddy. Question number one. Which U.S. state has the longest coastline? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Alaska. Final answer? Final answer, sorry, yeah. No problem, thank you. 
Question number two. Which team was the only team to get swept this season in the first round of the NBA playoffs? Oh, boy. Not a, not a big uh, NBA guy, so I'll, I'll take the uh, option. Options are the Brooklyn Nets, the Cleveland Cavaliers, or the Los Angeles Clippers? Um, I'll, take, I'll say the Cavaliers' final answer. All right, John, question number three coming at you here. The Golden State Warriors defeated which team in the NBA Finals last season? Oh, boy. He's going to know that one for sure. Um, I just got to go with the options. All right. Hold on, hold hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry. I'll I'll say, uh, give me the options. I'm sorry. Options. (laughs) All right. Options. Okay, here they come, buddy. Was it the Miami Heat, the Boston Celtics, or the Milwaukee Bucks? Uh, I'll say Boston. Final answer. Thank you. Final question. What is the name of the pig in the book Charlotte's Web? I know this. Golly. Um... Uh, I need the options. Options are Wilbur, Walton, or Winston. Hmm. I'll go with Wilbur. Final answer. All right. Okay, we're going to get Anthony back in here from the cone of silence. How you feeling, John? Well, not great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, our guy Anthony is plugged back in here. He's got his headphones on. Anthony, how's the cone of silence? It's always great to spend some quality time with our our guy, Mike Ryder. Yeah. It's best in the business. It is. It's nice to get that quality alone time with Mike. How'd John do? You better pack a lunch, my friend. Son of a... Okay. All right, Anthony. Category is... (sighs) Random. Random? Yeah. You are one tick away from hockey. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm not joking at Always. all. It was right on the last little click. <laughs> I kinda, We kind of wanted to see it. I bet you did. We did. You all hockey right. loving fool. Thank you. Random trivia. Question number one. Which U.S. state has the longest coastline? Which U.S. state has the longest coastline? It's got to be either Florida or California. And the way that you're asking this, I mean, I mean, it's it's got to be California, right? Longest coastline. There go with the obvious. I'm going to go Florida. I'm going to go Florida. Final answer. Question number two. Which team was the only team to get swept this season in the first round of the NBA playoffs? Only team to get swept in the first round. Oh. Was that Atlanta? Or were they a play-in team? I think it was the Hawks. 
I'm gonna go with the. I feel like I'm missing a team. Should I just ask for the options? Yeah, I'll ask for the options. Options are the Brooklyn Nets, the Cleveland Cavaliers, or the Los Angeles Clippers. Good thing I asked. I think it was the Nets. Give me the Nets. Final answer. All right, Antoine. Question number three. The Golden State Warriors defeated which team in the NBA Finals last season? Uh, the Golden State Warriors beat the Milwaukee Bucks in the championship last year. The Bucks went back-to-back finals. Uh, Bucks, final answer. Question number four. What is the name of the pig in the book Charlotte's Web? Um, <laughs> I don't know why Orson is coming coming to mind here, but I don't think it's Orson, Jamie. Uh, can I have the, the options, please? Options are Wilbur, Wilbur. Walton, or Winston. It's Wilbur. Final answer, please. I'm Wilbur. He was also a horse. Talking horse. That was uh, Mr. Ed. All right. Let's get after it here. Let's, uh, Let's start with question number two. Which team was the only team to get swept this season in the first round of the NBA playoffs? John, you took the options. You said the Cleveland Cavaliers. Anthony, you took the options. You said the Brooklyn Nets. Answer is? It is the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets. Anthony up 1-0. Question number three. The Golden State Warriors defeated which team in the NBA Finals last season? John, with the options, you said the Boston Celtics. Anthony, Uh without the options, Ah. you said the Milwaukee Bucks. Answer is? It is the Boston Celtics. That's right. I completely forgot about Boston. Celtics. Jason Tatum, yep, yep. Anthony. That's Jason right. Tatum. Jason Tatum. That's okay. Right. Let's go to you. question number four. What is the name of the pig in the book Charlotte's Web? John, you said Wilbur. No. Anthony, you said Wilbur. Answer is? It's Wilbur. It was. Both of you needed the options. Oh, man, you scared me. Tied. Two all headed into the last question, which was question number one. A geography question, some Uh, would say. Yeah. Which U.S. state has the longest coastline? Anthony, you went back and forth between Florida and California. Is it obvious? Is California, Florida, Florida, Einhorn, Finkel. You landed on Florida. John, you went with Alaska. Answer is? It's Alaska! John? Yes. You have chosen wisely. (laughs) Nice job. John did not need the options. I didn't even think about Alaska. If you look at the entire, like, how much, how big Alaska is, there's coastline all from the top down around. Yeah. I didn't even think. I see I was doing that with Florida going all the way around. Where are you? Florida. That's right, Anthony. You didn't think. Yeah. So... (laughs) So John ends up taking it today, 
four to two over Anthony. <laughs> nice job, John. Thank you. Thank you. So, John, you'll be back tomorrow to face Marshy or myself in some other category that the wheel gives us. Nice job, John. All right. Way to go. We'll call All right, you John, tomorrow. have a great night, man. We'll, t- we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. All right, All sounds right. good. Man. man. The Celtics one. The, the Celtics one kills me. You were, like, the Celtics like, one kills me. Action Jackson's going to give you hell. Well, we were rooting for Jason Tatum, too, but <laughs> I was like, oh, no, the Bucks went to back. For some reason, I was I was convinced the Bucks went to back-to-back. In yeah. the finals. I completely Anthony, forgot about the Celtics. I'm not a basketball fan you regular season anyways, yeah, right? But you knew that. I knew that one. Yeah, of course. Yep. Just that. I, I blew it. Ask me anything else. I'd probably be like, yeah. I blew it. Big time. You did. Yep. But that's okay. We're I didn't here for stop. You. I didn't stop. We're not, we're not going to Wilson Contreras you and put you on an island. Okay? And we then support me? You. No, we accept you within the group. Hey, Anthony. And we're just going to play better for you. Thanks. I'm going to give you a hug. Uh-huh. And if you need to FaceTime me. Yeah. Later tonight, you can. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's really took a turn. What? Boy, the way you said that yeah. was very Zoom intimate. Call? Holy shit. Give you a hug oh. and then we're going to FaceTime tonight? Okay. Does that not? Kind of gives us a peek behind the curtain for old Marshy, doesn't I it? I guess so. Hmm. Will Nolan Arenado be in the lineup tonight? Lineup's out. We'll play the lineup game. Go with the lineup that won, Anthony. Next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time to play the lineup game here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. You've got Jamison Tyone, who's a right-hander, taking the mound for the Cubs tonight against Jack Flaherty as the Cardinals continue their series against the hated Chicago Cubs. Yeah, big question, Jamie, is whether or not Nolan Arenado is going to be back in the lineup after missing yesterday's game, scratched due to uh, back spasms. So we're back, huh? That stinks. Let's make a decision right now. Do we think that Nolan Arenado is in the lineup? I say yes. Um, I mean, the way he is, yes. But back spasms, I don't know how 24 Jamie, hours. it's a yes or no question. I'm Come trying, on. Well, I'm actually trying to think. So am I. No, you are Not at all. I'm trying to make a decision. Yeah, well, that doesn't mean you're thinking. Uh, amen. All right, fine. He's in, Anthony. Just go ahead. You're in a rush for some reason. Go ahead. (laughs) Jesus. Who do we like at uh, leadoff spot? Gotta be Newt. Show us. Lars Taylor, Tatsui Newport. Go ahead, Jamie. It's got to be, I want Paul Goldschmidt. I love gold. All right. I love gold. Okay. Nolan Gorman. Yes. The right-hander on the hill. Norman Gorman. Show us Nolan Gorman, please. Stormin' Gorman. He's taking the league by storm. Now, Anthony, this is where your quick, irrational decision comes in. Um... Go ahead. It's not quick or irrational. It's a decision that I stand by. Show us Nolan Arnado. Can I say one more thing? Albert Pujols, I love you, man. Yeah. 
This has got to be Big Willie here, right? Oh, nothing on that. We're just going to go right to Wilson Contreras. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. What would you like to talk about, Anthony? Well, you wanted to move along. You're in you a know, rush. You shamed me. Didn't we can talk about you. that. We can talk about the judgment you from you. No judgment. Yeah. A lot what of judgment. a shame. What a shame is. is right, Janet. Thank you. All you did is you wanted to push this along. You wanted to quick feed it through this whole thing, and now you want to slow down because it's your guy, Nolan Arenado. Yeah. Go ahead, Anthony. The platform is yours. I think that Nolan... Coming back shows his dedication, his passion, and his spirit for Major League Baseball. And you were St. Louis Cardinals. Well said, Anthony. I'm glad you you took that moment. So, Contreras there? Big Willie. Yeah, show us us Big Willie. Wilson! 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 Okay. So. All right. We know we got our DH. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just, should we just drop Kisner in at nine right now? I mean, just get it out of the way? Uh, yep. Can't do that, though. Nope. All right. Who was six yesterday? Well, it got jacked up because of Nolan. Nolan. Who do we have, though, before that? Uh, Donovan, I think, was in it was the spot. was Brendan Donovan. I would say that he goes right back to that. Okay. Yeah. Left I fielder, agree. Brendan Donovan. Yeah, it was Don... No, it was... It was DeYoung... After, yes, it was Donovan initially. Yes, pre Arenado scratch. Donovan, Brendan Donovan. Dun dun dun. All right. All right so we got our left fielder. Uh, yeah, we do. What's left here? Oh, this has got to be Dylan Carlson, right? Center fielder, batting seventh. Yes. Dylan Carlson. Yep. Good call. Show me, Dylan Carlson. You are so wrong. <clears throat> Well, Janet, I didn't like your tone on that one. Okay, so if it's not Dylan Carlson, I don't think it's Tommy Edmond, who has well, been hitting eighth. Who is it it, Alec it, Burleson? Is Newt playing center, Donovan playing right, and Burleson playing left? Burleson hasn't been hitting. He also hasn't been playing a lot, so that could be the case. Yeah. When was the last, when was the last time? Burleson. You know what? That's a good call. Burleson hasn't played since last Saturday. The Wayno start. And when I mean play, I mean start. Yeah. All right, I like that. I, li- I don't like it because he's not hitting, but I like the idea. I like your thought process. I don't really want it to be this, but I feel like process of elimination tells me it's good. Show us Alec Burleson. What the H okay. is wrong with you guys? It's Tommy Edmond, then. He got bumped up. Okay. It's got to be. Tommy Edmond, please. You're wrong. Holy crap. Okay, Jamie, I don't like how... We're panicking. (laughs) (laughs) We're panicking. It's spiraling. You guys are moving really quickly through this. I think you should slow it down. We're rushing. Rushing. Paul DeYoung, DeYoung, then? Because Tommy Edmond is... Well, you still need an outfielder, so it could be Paul DeYoung, Dylan Carlson, and then Kisner. Because you still need an outfielder no matter what you do here. So you need... You got got Newton Wright. Yeah, but who's playing outfield? Edmond? You got Newton right. You got Donovan in left. Because Gorman's your second baseman. So you still, again, you still need a center fielder. So I bet you this is DeYoung and then Carlson. So Edmund's out. Edmund is out. Against a right-handed pitcher. Mm -hmm. You're going to put Paul DeYoung instead of a switch hitting Tommy Edmund. Have you seen the way Paul DeYoung has been swinging that hot bat, that hot stick lately? Come on. It's impressive. Go ahead, Anthony. I don't agree with this, but you go ahead. Thanks for your support, Jamie. Show us Paul DeYoung. <laughs> the king has returned. <laughs>
how it gets me every time. <laughs> All right. Now, this is Dylan Carlson. You need a center fielder. Yeah, you do. All right. Joe is, Joe is DC. Hey, Carl. Good to see you. <laughs> All right. We have, uh, apparently, we have a new sounder here for Kiz Daddy. So We're trying it out. Okay. Show us Andrew Kisner. So Andy took Wilson! under his wing. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do that? Yeah. Well done. Play it again, please. So Andy took Wilson! under his wing. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Marsh. <laughs> it's fitting. Oh, my gosh. That deserves a slow clap, my it friend. It does. Absolutely. Wow. All right. Run it, oh. Marsh. All right. Leading off, right fielder Lars Newbar, Batting second, first baseman Paul Goldschmidt. Batting third, second baseman Nolan Gorman. The cleanup hitter, third baseman. Nolan Arnado. Batting fifth, the DH, Wilson Contreras. Batting sixth, left fielder Brendan Donovan. Batting seventh, Paul DeYoung, the shortstop. Batting eighth, center fielder Dylan Carlson. And batting ninth, the catcher, Andrew oh Kisner. I don't believe what I just saw. Home run. All right, Marsh, update those standings for everybody. Yeah, Dan's still leading the charge with two. Anthony, you have one. Jamie, you have one. I have zero. Tough year. Marsh, you're going to get on the board. Yeah, yeah maybe. Tough well, it's year. tough. It's not like you're just calling a home run. You, you have to call, call the, the first, first one. home run Yeah, for the Cardinals. Because we've all hit one. We've all hit home runs. Well, I, I predicted haven't. them. You predicted some. Oh, yes. It, yes, just yes. it just haven't been first. Yes. You're fine is what I'm saying. Thank you. Marsh, why don't you go ahead and uh, and lead us? Oh, I appreciate that, Anthony. I'm going to go ahead and pick Paul Goldschmidt. <laughs> <laughs> he went 0 for gopher yesterday. I don't care. What a jerk. Did he ru- I, he yeah. ruined somebody. He ruined yeah, you? Man, yeah, he ruined me. <laughs> oh, yeah, he did. He did. I didn't get a hit either. So pissed off. I know. Our guy did. Yeah, he did. Oh, because Jake, took... he's coming back. Wait, didn't Nick? Did Nico Horner get a so, base hit, or was that a fielder's choice on the one before he got no, hurt? No, he went. He didn't get hurt, or he didn't. Uh, he didn't get a hit. So it must have been a fielder. Yeah, it had to be a field fielder's choice. He lined out late in the game. He lined out early in the game. Was it a, early? In a, yeah, in a big spot. It was so, a second at bat. Yesterday, when I said, "Hey, should I go with my head or my heart?" My head was Nico Horner. My heart was Wilson Contreras. Who, of course, got a base hit. Multiple base hits. Several. Multiple ribbies. So our listener who wanted Nico Horner. He got Wilson. He got Wilson. Okay. And now he's coming back. All right. So you got Goldie. Go ahead. Jamie, who do you got? Um, Hit a home run tonight. Storman Gorman. I'm going to go with the guy that we, we struggled with when we were playing the lineup game. I'm going to go with Paul DeYoung, who does have a home run off of Jamison Tyon in, in 13 at-bats. He's the only guy in the Cardinals starting lineup that's got a home run off him. He's the only guy in the Cardinals. I'm sorry, Jamie, what was that? Not you were saying, great pick. You were saying something. Yeah, Is that what you said, great pick? Yes. Thank you, buddy. Oh, that's, that's what I heard. I appreciate you. Yep. All right, Jamie's going to tell us who the Blues are going to take uh, with the 10th overall pick on June 28th. I am? 2023. 
I wish I knew. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. All right, Jamie, we all want to know, now that the Blues have gotten that number 10 pick, it's official after the uh, NHL handed the Blackhawks, Connor Bedard. Yeah. Who are the Blues going to take at 10? Well, there's a lot of interesting picks in and around the number 10, and it it all is going to depend, certainly, as always, who picks what leading up to pick number 10. But there's a couple of guys I have highlighted uh, for the Blues. We'll start with... With Colby Barlow, Colby Barlow, uh, left wing, shoots left-handed. I played in the Ontario Hockey League last year. He had 79 points in 59 games. Uh, Okay size, 6 feet, 190, uh, up and down, winger, gets to the dirty areas. Pretty good kid. It would still be a work in progress uh, for Colby Barlow. But I do do like the way he plays, and he's going to fall right in that area from 7 to 11 in this draft based on you know some of the research uh, I've done. Uh, the next guy here that I want to bring up is Ryan Leonard. And the reason I bring up Ryan Leonard, he played for the U.S. National Development Team, which is you know, basically the all-star team, Team USA all-star team in the USHL. And uh, he only played 17 games this year for the development team, but he had 20 points, a lot of positive reports, coming out of the, the the NTDP team about this young man. Uh, six feet, 190, so you know, in and around the same size as Barlow. Uh, a little bigger right now, probably a little stronger on the puck. Uh, he's a right-handed shot, so he's a right winger. Again, you know, you look at the winger positions, the Blues ultimately probably looking for a center iceman, but depends on the Pavel Buchnevich yeah. experiment, if that continues. A little bit, of, not an outlier, but a kid, the, a kid I'm intrigued by is uh, Michkov, Matvey Michkov from Russia. He played in Sochi last year in the KHL, had 20 points in 27 games, which you know doesn't scream all-star status, but believe it or not, that league's pretty tough to score in. They play pretty tight defensively, and for a young man like this who's only 18 years old to, to get 20 points in 27 games is a pretty pretty good thing. Mm-hmm. What I'm not fond of is that he's only 5'10", 172 pounds. You know... What's I, a, I've heard you talk about this with Bedard. What What is a good size depending on the position you're talking about? Well, the size for me, it, it's not that it's the ultimate selling point. But when you want to have a team that plays more direct, if you want to have a team that is more north-south, which is what I think the Blues ultimately want to do, I don't think they want a bunch of water bugs just buzzing all over the ice out mm-hmm. there. One is because half of your lineup doesn't play that way. Um, and, and the size, too, it's a long season. Look at some of the oak trees that play defense for other teams. The Mitch Marners of the world, the the Jack Hughes, and players like that, they're, they're outliers because they're so fast, they've got great edge work, and their hockey IQ is off the charts. The players that get swallowed up by the NHL are the smaller players who don't possess those unique talents. Now, I'm not saying that Michkov can't possess that talent. He, he can, but 
The numbers right now don't bear it out, even though I said that there's not a lot of scoring in the KHL. You pit his numbers against some of the high-flying, smaller guys from the OHL, the WHL. It's more impressive. Now, mm-hmm. is he playing against men right now? Yeah, he's playing against all ages of players. So maybe his his skill translates quickly to the NHL. He is rated very high. He's certainly rated to go in the top 10. It'd be an intriguing pick for the Blues, nonetheless. But my favorite for this year is Matthew Wood. He 18, uh, played last year at the University of Connecticut. He was a freshman. He had 34 points in 35 games, which is pretty good. For a freshman to get that kind of ice time to get to score almost a point a game uh, is good. He's a right winger, again, but he's 6'4", 195 pounds. Like, that's what I want to see in a blue note next year. Like, Can you imagine a line of Matthew Wood on right wing, Jake Neighbors on left wing, and Braden Shan in the middle? Like, Think about that for a second. That's your third line. Shut down line or just your physical line. Possess the puck down low. Like Jake Neighbors, we know he plays that physical brand of hockey, not afraid to get to the front of the net, or throw the mitts down and get after it. Braden Shen speaks for himself. And a guy like Matthew Wood could step in there and be a big body on that line too. So for me, Matthew Wood is the most intriguing out of all these players. They do have a couple other guys in here. Uh, David Reinbacher, I'm not all that thrilled with him, but he's still it's a good player. Once you get past the, the 10-11 pick, it, there's a bit of a drop-off. Uh, there, but for me, uh, for my dollar's worth, and for what I think the Blues need, I like Matthew Wood as a pick. There you have it. This is Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. You get a question, you can send it to the Air Comfort Service text line at 314-399-9646. We've got our Sports 6 back next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me. The sports six pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's, your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over forty-two years. If you have a question for us, send it in, 314-399-9646. That's our Air Comfort Service text line. Time for the Sports Six Pack with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Here's Andrew Marsh with your questions. Question number one. All right, we were just talking about the NHL draft, some potential names that the Blues could end up getting at number 10. Jamie, you brought up Matt Wood from the 314. Would Matt Wood be ready to play next year with those guys? And we can even lump some of the other uh, players that you mentioned as well. Yeah, that's a tough call. I mean, Andrew, the NHL is a pretty good league. And uh, look at Jake Neighbors. You know, Jake Neighbors, a highly regarded player as well. Now, not uh, as high a pick as Matthew Wood would be. Uh, The possibility's there. I mean, the possibility's there. It's a lot to to throw onto the kid's plate right away. Hey, by the way, um, you're going to play with Braden Shannon and Jake Neighbors. I'd love to see it. I think that might be a year or so down the road, but he is a top 10 pick. You're going to expect him to be competing for a spot out of training camp. Question number two. From the 314, had a dad tell me that high school coaches' number one priority should be player development and not winning. What do you guys think? 
why can't those two things go hand in hand? Why can't you develop the player so that you can win? Well, that's ultimate. That's what that's, it should be. That's the the ultimate formula, right there. Is developing a program at the high school level or collegiate level, or junior hockey, to where you're building every year. You're 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 developing kids, so that the four year process continues to have a winning environment for mm-hmm. these kids. Now, let's change it the formula a little bit here for this one here. I think that the emphasis should always be on player development. Now, what sport are we talking and what level of high school sports are we talking? Because here in St. Louis, let's just take high school hockey. For example, Marsha, you're familiar with high school hockey in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. High school hockey is not used as a development uh, program. It's really not. It's used to have schools play against each other and you want to win at all cost. And some kids sit on the bench for the entire game, but they're happy to be there because they're part of the high school hockey team. So the development thought isn't necessarily there for high school hockey here. Now, I would imagine for football and baseball and some of the other sports in the St. Louis area, you're trying to develop your players. You're trying to move them on to the next level, whatever that level might be. I'm always a massive believer on player development. Um, yep. Shameless plug here, Synergy Hockey is all about player development, developing skills, continuing to make each player better all the time. It doesn't have to be specific to a skills company or a skills session. You can run a team practice with the focus every once in a while on being a skills practice making sure that the players can perform the necessary skills in order to perform the systems that you would like them to perform. Because that's the one misstep that so many hockey coaches, youth hockey coaches make here in the St. Louis area. I watch it every day and my skin crawls when I'm watching eight, nine, 10 year old hockey players being screamed at because they can't make a breakout pass or they miss the, you know, the, the, the overload on the power play or the, the, the kid can't turn to the left yet, and he can't pass tape to tape. And you're talking about a breakout. <laughs> why don't you just sit down and be quiet? And why don't you work on the necessary skills? Skating, shooting, passing, stick handling. Why don't we get those down pat first? Now, now go to the systems and all this crazy stuff that you watched on YouTube or you read in a book. Yeah. Why don't you worry about developing the necessary skills for each player so that they can perform the task that you want them to perform rather than just yelling at them endlessly to where the kid hates the sport because he can't perform it to the level you want him to because you've never given him the necessary skills to do it. So for me, yes, it's all about player development. Jamie, I think that's that's an excellent point. I would love to hear what Kerry Davis, who coaches at Hazelwood Central, has to say about this, but I think Kerry would answer in a similar manner. He look, varsity sports, you gotta win. But if you don't have the the skill set, if you if the players don't have the skill set, somewhere along the way your your program fail failed in that area. So to Jamie's point, to ask them to perform your system when you didn't give them the tools necessary, it's gonna be bad for the player, it's gonna be bad for you, the coach. I understand the nature of the question. I think when it comes to varsity sports, it, it is about winning. It's not necessarily about, hey, we're going to develop your skills so you could go and win at the college, collegiate level. It's both. But I think if there's a fundamental breakdown within your program at the junior varsity level or the freshman level, that that's where the, the, the true development comes in. 
And I'm only I can only talk to, you know, like playing football in the nineties, high school football in the nineties. It was individual breakdown for you had team, stretching, warm-ups, all that. Then you get into your individual positional groups. For me, it was you know I was a defensive back, so you get into your, you know you you do your individual drills for an hour, and then it's about team, and the starters went with the starters, and the backups went with the backups. I mean that's that's kind of how it is. I mean if it's varsity sports, you're, you there is you need to win, but there's a lot of room for development. To Jamie's point, and I completely agree with you. Well, the ultimate goal doesn't have to be not to win, you know. So uh, don't get me wrong; I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't be trying to win that's not at all because I I hate losing bottom line but at the same time you can't just go for the win if your team can't perform the tasks because then the winning doesn't happen so sometimes the winning has to take a little bit of a backseat while you develop the players and your team and then the winning is there and I can tell you from my experience coaching youth hockey here a couple of years when my kids were younger my boys were younger the teams were okay, but the focus was on player development and skills and improving them. And then in the off season, doing camps and more skills. And then the next season, the team was just a little bit better. And the season after that, we won the whole thing. And why did that happen? Same players. Nothing changed except for their skills continued to develop. And then the winning came. So that's the way I look at it. Still spots open for Stalter's clear at camp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll teach Spotter. those kids to clear the defensive zone. Oh, Absolutely. Boy. Quickly, it is again. efficiently, and productively. Class is Question number three. At $2,000. <laughs> no. Oh, my goodness. Per kid. There you I mean, go. do you want to do you want to do you want to know how to clear the puck or not? Thank you. Thousand bucks per clear. Yep. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, yeah, right. I got a great follow-up question right. from the 636. Yes, yes. There you go. Question three. Jamie, question three, please. <laughs> isn't it difficult to have a practice plan to improve skills when the skill set is all over the place on a youth team? No. And this is a frustrating thing for coaches. You look at there and you have uh, player X, Y, and Z that are at a certain level and players A, B, and C that are a different level. This is why you create station work. This is why you involve multiple coaches on the ice at the same time so that what you do is you get four or five skill stations happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. For about seven or eight minutes per station and you rotate everybody through but you couple the kids in groups of their skill set so if you have kids that are a little bit weaker you don't tell them this you couple them you put them together so that they're all pushing each other because they're in and around the same skill level but they get to develop at their own time so when they go through that skill station they're doing the exact same drill as the kids that are more advanced but at their pace and they're pushing each other so that now you're pulling the group upward and then every now and then every other practice that you do you take a kid from a higher group and you plop them in one of the lower groups you take one of the lower kids and put them in the higher group and again you're pushing these kids to do better you're also getting a good look at where these kids are as far as their improvement level so when you take a kid from a lower group and you add him to the higher group, you see how much he's closed the gap or how much the other kids, the better kids have widened the gap. Either way, you know you're getting the progress that you want, but this is why you break it up into small areas so that each kid can continue to develop. It reminds me a little bit of first grade. There's two different reading groups. There's the blue group mm, and the orange group. I remember that. And yeah. I started off in the blue group. Which one was that, Anthony? And that was the higher group. Oh. And at some point, the teachers agreed I needed to go to the orange group. 
And they told me it wasn't because I lacked the fundamental reading skills to be in the blue group, but I knew. I knew. Really? Did you walk in? I and knew what the orange group meant. Did you walk into the classroom and all of the orange kids were in there and you're like, oh, what are the orange kids doing? The the blue. No, no, no. The blue. Like, like Contreras. Yeah. When he walked yeah, into yeah. the clubhouse and he saw Trace Pereira <laughs> and he knew. He knew. <laughs> no. The blue group goes, Anthony, what are you doing? And the blue group's over here. And I, and I looked at him sheepishly and I said, I'm in the orange group now. Yeah, the orange group. Yeah. Now I do radio. Man. Yeah. My favorite skill. With Jamie. Favorite skill station was the, you put the stick on the ice, you gotta sauce it over the stick. I have a rebuttal here for somebody I would love to address right now. 636 says, hey Jamie, great job regurgitating the USA hockey model. Go back, go back big boy, and see when I started my camps, and then see when USA Hockey implemented the ADM. My camp started about three years before the USA Hockey ADM. In fact, Bob Mancini came personally to talk to me and Sean Farrell, who was the video coach for the Blues and was doing skills with me at the time, about developing the systems, stations, and the handbook for some of this. So uh, feel free to call Bob Mancini anytime you want and fact-check me on that. And you can also fact-check the timeline of the ADM program as to campsite ran. Got Appreciate your time. That texture should have been in the orange group. Appreciate your time, 636. Have a nice day. Sorry about your car. That's Jamie Rivers. That's Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stoltzer. It's the Fastlane on 101 at ESPN. Why is Mo missed so badly in free agency? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Mo's not addressing the media because he doesn't have anything to say. What's he going to say? I stink at my job? I mean, he could. I I doubt it, but he could. Janet, yeah. Thank you for the mic drop. Mo is stunk when it comes to signing free agents. I don't think there's any question about that. If you're just going through it here, Stephen Matz hasn't been good. Four years, $44 Andrew Miller. One good. Three years, $34.5 million. Dexter Fowler, five years, $82.5 million. We know how that turned out. Brett Cecil. That's why you don't sign relievers to big-time money. Four years, $30.5 million. Mike Leake, five years, $80 million. Fortunately, you got Seattle to take them off their hands. Johnny Peralta, four years, $53 million. That wasn't a terrible deal, but it certainly didn't live up to the, the contract. And I had mentioned Greg Holland. And I did so almost kind of begrudgingly because it's a one-year deal, $14 million. Not to say that $14 million couldn't have been invested better. It could have. But one-year deals typically don't ruin you because it's only one year. Now, there was a texter that sent us uh, a, a very long text about how I should think again about that $14, $14 million, whether or not it matters. I would respond this way to that texter. And I appreciate the text. I understand where you're going on this. But my point is, well, let me start here. You're going to have hits and misses in free agency. This is a lot of misses, unfortunately. The trades have been a lot better for Mo, even with the Sandy Alcantara and Zach Gallon for Marcelo Zuna trade. The trades have been better. 
Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, Giovanni Gallegos. He has made some. He has made some good deals. Even the Tommy Pham one netted you Henesis Cabrera. So the trades have been pretty good for Mo overall. I am not overlooking the Ozuna trade nor the Randy Arozarena trade. But free agent wise, you're going to have hits and misses when it comes to being a president of baseball operations or GM. It's just it just comes with the territory. But typically, if you look at one year deals, you move on. And that one wasn't as much Mo as it was Mike Matheny. Mike Matheny was, was, I mean, he was pounding the table for get me a reliever, get me a reliever, get me a reliever. So Mo went out and got Greg Holland for $14 million. Didn't work out. Moved on very quickly from that one. But typically, it doesn't matter. I'm not saying just unwisely spending $14 million is a good thing for an organization. It's a lot better than $85 million for Mike Leake. It's a lot better than... Thirty and a half million for Brett Cecil. We're stuck for four years. That's my overall point. But again, I appreciate the text. Thanks for participating. But Mo has not been good in free agency at all. No, it's not been his strong suit at all. His greatest free agent signing in the last couple of years was Albert Pujols. Him, <laughs> you're not wrong. I know. And and that was and that was just landed on his lap because Albert wanted to be back here. Albert only wanted to be here. And Juan Yepes didn't hit in spring training last year. Miles mm-hmm. Michaelis was his best. In the last five years, Miles Michaelis has been his best free agent signing. I would even argue that some of the trades that he's made have been necessary because of other trades that didn't go all too well and free agent signings that didn't go all too well. So you had to make those trades. The Ozuna deal. Now, I said yesterday, I misspoke. I said that the Ozuna deal happened to because you needed you had protection you needed protection for Paul Goldschmidt. Ozuna's that deal happened before Goldschmidt. But it further emphasizes the point I was trying to make yesterday with the draft. From a position player standpoint, all of those misses for all of those years, coupled with the tragedy of course of the Oscar Tavares passing, led to you giving up significant prospects in the Ozuna deal. That's a draft thing. Free agency as a whole, big-time trades like that happen because you did not develop premium position players or pitchers. There's a domino effect for that. Yeah, it is concerning a little bit that the free agent, whether it's evaluation or the um, the desire to spend money in free agency, lack of desire, I don't know which one it is. Because I feel like the free agent signings that that happen, for the most part, are very mid to lower level free agent signings. Or it's like, a, here's a bunch of money, I hope it works. Mm-hmm. Like, not really sure. Like, you're going to spend that kind of money, know exactly what you're going to get, or spend a little bit more money for the exact player that you need. Yeah. I, I feel like it's always just a little bit lower than it needs to be. So you talk to about some of these other free agents, instead of acquiring player X, Y, or Z for a certain amount where you, like uh, you know, Brett Cecil, things like that, where you, you like, go get the real deal. If you're going to waste money or spend big-time money, at least spend money on 
for lack of better words, sure things. You have no, you have have no questions. Yeah, have no questions. Eliminate about the it. eliminate the questions. Yeah, we say that every off season. Who do you want? I want them to eliminate questions. I want them to eliminate this sick cycle, this sick merry-go-round that they have with the outfield every year. Give us the grocery store metaphor. So, uh, you Anthony, go to the grocery store, Marsh, and you say to yourself, you need eggs, you need bread, you need milk. So what do you do? You go and you get eggs, bread, and milk. And then you go home and you realize that you don't have anything else because you're not looking ahead. So, Anthony, from the 636, the free agent market is out of DeWallet's range now. Correct. But is it? He just spent eighty-five well, million on Wilson Contreras. It's not. It's not if you've if you understand how much he could spend. So from that standpoint, no, no. But he it's just how much spent he's willing to spend. He just willingly spent eighty-five million on Wilson Contreras. That's nothing. It's nothing. It's it's a drop in the bucket. Show compared to what make other like teams are spending. Five hundred right million. Oh, yeah, but that's. Let's not compare Wilson Contreras to Shohei Otani here. I'm just I'm giving you a comparison though. But someone who falls in that category, like what did Brandon Nimmo get? A gross amount. How hundred and But for how many years? Five, I think. Brandon Brandon Nimmo's deal it will will I mean it's not gonna haunt the Mets because Cohen he don't care. But that was like going right this year. Let me see his contract. hundred and sixty two million for eight years. That's dumb money. Hmm. We can we can complain about the deals that that Mo has given out and they they have not been great. At least never gave eight years and 162 min, million to, to Brandon Nimmo. I'll say that. Yeah. Free agency though is basically a band aid for your mistakes. That's what it is. I don't agree with that. Oh, I can. I don't come agree on. with that. Absolutely, absolutely not. Now, you- utilized correctly, it's adding pieces to a group that you've built successfully. Is that what the Phillies did? You're, you're cherry Is that picking. what the Mets did? You're cherry picking. Is that what the Padres did? There you go. There's three cherries. Do you want me to continue? I didn't say what those teams are doing. This is my opinion on what free agency should be. Free agency should be the cherry on top of what you've already built, not building your team out of free agency. That's my opinion on how it should be. It's not what the Cardinals are doing or the Phillies or the Braves or whoever. In fact, the Braves, actually, they've got it figured out. So the Braves are a team that now, if they went and made a big free agent signing, again, that's the right way to do it, the cherry on top. I'll give you the Braves. I'll, I'll give take you that, em. Jamie. I'll take them. I'll give you that. You're right. The Braves have done it Done it well. Can I, can I rephrase? No. Tired of you. Most teams... Jamie. Well, who isn't, Jamie? Who isn't tired of me? I'm tired of me. Exhausted. Same. Most teams use free agency as a cover-up. Most teams right now, they're spending big. I don't disagree with you. Or spending because they're blanked up. I don't disagree with you. I disagreed with your fact of, like, that's the only thing free agency is is cover up your screw-ups. It's not the only thing. Okay. We're both right now. We're friends again? No. I'm going to come over. Anthony, don't. There you go. Why is your mic touching mine? There you go. That's how you do it, Marsh. That's team building. Mm. You talk it out. You talk through your disagreements. You don't have to walk back comments <laughs> while losing games. <laughs> and then you hug it out. You hug it out. Okay. And then you FaceTime each other. Exactly. Oh. Again with the FaceTime with Marsh. Him. All right. Kids it, do it now, Anthony. It's the fast lane on 101 ESPN. <laughs>
we got our biggest question of the day coming up at the bottom of the hour. If you got a question that you want to leave us a mic drop for, great. Love to hear from you again. Biggest question of the day coming up in 15 minutes. What exactly is the plan, though, for Contreras? Because moving forward here, they still say that he's a catcher. Ah, we still like him as a catcher. Okay. Well, what exactly is the plan? BT shed some light on that earlier today. You'll hear from him next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Maintain that Wilson Contreras will still be their catcher at some point. They just wanted to make the move now because they feel it's necessary that he needs to get up to speed. Now, what the Cubs were doing and what they're what the Cardinals aren't doing, uh, I I don't know. Obviously, the Cardinals didn't have a plan B here outside I, of going back to Andrew Kisner. I just don't understand how it could be so different from team to team. Listening to a multitude of catchers and past catchers talk in the last couple of days regarding this very situation because it's become a very national story. Mm. And the level of preparation from team to team, listening to catchers who played on multiple teams, said the level of preparation is pretty much the same. Like the formula is pretty much the same until you become somebody like Yachty or a catcher that's decorated like that to where – some of the work you don't have to do because you just know. Mm-hmm. It's not lack of preparation. That's called experience and understanding the situation and your pitcher and the batter and you know all these things. So I can't imagine that the playbook, per se, was different with the Cubs. So I, I just, again, I'm so baffled with this. We are blindsided by this. Well, to that point, Jamie, Brad Thompson was with us earlier, and you can see him tonight on Valley Sports Midwest as the Cardinals continue their series against the Cubs at Wrigley Field. Did the Cards know? I think, Jamie, this is a question that you would ask to BT about about Wilson Contreras and signing him to a massive contract. Did the Cardinals know that they were going to have to deal with some of his defensive shortcomings? Here's what BT said. They knew that there were going to be some issues that they believed that they could clean up with his receiving and his framing. And really, when you look at some of the metrics, those have actually gotten better this year. Uh, but I, I did. I don't think that they knew exactly where he was from a pitch calling and sequencing and just basically an information part of it. I think that they uh, they weren't exactly sure where he was. But the, the thing is, like these are all things that can be learned. As long as you want to dig in and you care enough to do it, and Wilson does, then he's going to get there. You, you know how it, it goes when you see a talented player across the way, and this happens across every sport, and you say, oh, man, hey, we get him over here? Look, we can fix these things. We can fix that. And I, I think that there maybe is part of that there with Contreras. You knew you were getting the bat first. I feel like it's just taken a heck of a lot longer than they expected it to take. So this loosely reminds me of the Mike Hoffman signing by the Blues a couple of years ago. Uh, very talented player, really good goal scorer, power play assassin. 
you knew all of these things, but you also knew that the 200-foot game and the 100% effort, man, but you thought you could change it. Ultimately, you couldn't. And so what you did is you uh, adjusted and turned him into the power play assassin and mm-hmm. just let him go to work. But that was a one-year deal, Anthony. A one-year deal at very low-ish money. This is not the same thing. The player and the thought process, take the money out, I can see the comparison a little bit. But when you take in $85 million as opposed to, I think it was like $3 million for Mike Hoffman, like that's a big difference. You take five years as opposed to one year, that's a big difference. I just don't like the fact that there was such a miss with their evaluation of the situation or their evaluation on how far off he was. Because mm-hmm. BT talks about there, about, a, you know, you got to, you can learn this, you can pick it up on the fly. Well, why hasn't it happened yet? He's been with the because team forever. Because this is who he is. But the, he's been with the team forever now. Just like, like Mike. Take the 30 games out of it, yet all spring training. Like, how are you not grabbing him in spring training and doing all this? fatherly stuff now like why was he not standing beside ollie and and dusty blake in a dugout for every spring training game that he Mm -hmm. wasn't catching jamie the more i've thought about this the more i think you absolutely nailed what happened here it starts off with the price that 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 you didn't want to pay for sean murphy it starts there yeah because everyone knew and we talked about it, and so and 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 we're just a couple of idiots on the radio. Mosellock and his scouting department, the rest of the front office, Gersh included, they knew Sean Murphy was the best balance of offense and defense from that position. There's really no debating that. Everybody no, knew that. It was about cost. What's it going to cost to get Sean Murphy from Oakland? And we don't know the exact details. But we have a pretty good idea of what Oakland was asking for. Gordon Graceffo and Donovan and or Lars Newpar. Like some sort of combination. And the Cardinals, according to Derek Gould, floated out the idea of you could pick from this basket here two two players. And that basket included Gorman and Dylan Carlson and I believe what Burleson and, and Juan Yepes. Which is kind of interesting to me, too. If that really was the deal, why wouldn't Oakland take it and take Gorman and Carlson? I doubt that that was the case. I could see a Graceffo and then one of those players, but I couldn't imagine four. Here, take these four. You no, can take two of the four. It, it doesn't, doesn't make That doesn't make any sense. I think that there's a combination, several different combinations with those four players. Yeah. That's what I believe to be true. So Graceffo, I'll give you I'll give you the prospect, and then you could take a major league out of these out of these four, you could take a major league player. That 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 makes more sense. But Jamie, to your to your point, you've made this now the last two days. Mo didn't want to pay that that freight for Sean Murphy. He was uncomfortable. Perhaps he thought it wasn't a good deal. There wasn't a good value there. Or he was just sick of being burned by the Alcantara deals and all that. Yeah. Either way, he didn't want to pay the freight. So he sits down with Contreras, and Ollie sits down with Contreras, and Con- Contreras is seemingly a very magnetic personality, 
who talked about wanting to be, you know, envisioned playing for the Cardinals. He put Yachty's jersey on the one time with the Cardinals there, and he, he visioned himself that way. And you knew he won a World Series in Chicago. And you thought if we could get him in our our building, he'll be fine. Whatever the issue is in Chicago, we'll, we'll iron that out. And if we pay $87.5 million, we don't have to give up these players to get Sean Murphy from Oakland. But it bit him. And now, if you don't get Contreras up to speed, whatever whatever that means, within your organization, you just spent $87.5 million on a DH. And, and like I said yesterday, Jamie, you went into the offseason, the number one priority was to get a catcher. And not only to get a catcher, but get a catcher that replaces a franchise icon. And what happened? You still need a catcher. Mm-hmm. So we're singing sports. Hey, we're going to get a catcher. We're going to need a catcher. Well, and it's just, it's ended up, it's ended up just awful for everybody in this situation. Because now you've got Andrew Kisner, who is supposed to be teaching Wilson Contreras. I know he's not the only one, but he's bringing him up to speed. In fact, there's a guy that's making out like a bandit in all this. It's Andrew Kisner. Because all this is telling well, the rest of Major League the, Baseball yeah. is that this guy, one, prepares, he works hard, his teammates love him, he's great in the clubhouse, and he's also got the ability to teach mm-hmm. and manage a pitching staff through crisis. Andrew Kisner's value is going up through all of this. You're right. So Andy took Wilson! under his wing. He did. Right. He will. The only saving grace here. Kudos to Andrew Kisner. Is if, absolutely. Because he's putting in the work, obviously. The, the only saving grace here is that if Kisner starts to hit a little bit and or Yvonne Herrera in his maturation process, it, it just it, it, it goes to warp speed. And he might be ready a year from now. But as it looks right now, that's a lot of hoping. Absolutely, no, you're right. That's another topic in itself. Is the Cardinals did not develop their catcher to replace Yadier Molina? They tried. They tried, they but did. they didn't get the they didn't get him there on time. Is the ultimate problem in this, Marshy, that the Cardinals just got so spoiled having Yadi, and that the next that they weren't ready to develop another catcher? Like they weren't ready for the the. The drop-off. They weren't ready for that new... Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, if you want to, like, get the next guy up to speed, I would have that next guy right next to Yachty for an entire season. The only problem with that is it it, it hurts. It is it tough. May hurt. And, and Yachty's got to be willing to do it, too. Yachty, well, yeah. to my knowledge, was a little bit prickly sometimes. Mm-hmm. Carson Kelly experienced that at one point, and I'm not blaming Yachty because mm-hmm. Yachty obviously felt like he still had multiple years left, and he did. But you, Jamie, you had said it. The Cardinals did try to develop their heir apparent. It was going to be Carson Kelly. Yeah. Then they traded him as part of the Goldschmidt trade, and Carson Kelly it hasn't panned out. And then it was going to be Kisner. And then, nope, nope, it's actually going to be Yvonne Herrera. And now it's back to Kisner. And now it's back to mm-hmm. To Kisner for right now, or Contreras in like a couple of weeks to a month. All I know is this debacle to three months has led to two wins, and that's all I care about. That's right, that's right, Marsh. Good call. And the Cardinals will go for three straight. Thank you for tonight. being positive, Andrew. Nice mm-hmm. job. Somebody nice has job, to. You're right. Biggest question of the day next on 101 ESPN. We're right.
right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. It's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Time for the biggest question of the day. We got a question from Todd, and Todd wants to know, does Brendan Donovan playing in the outfield make any sense? It makes sense for this team because you signed a catcher to catch, and now you can't catch him. So, makes sense for now. I think it's fine. What are your What, what are never, your options? So, uh, he's made two great plays Absolutely. in both games that I've watched him play left field. He's a heck of a baseball player. Fortunate to have him. We I just are. keep him out there. So... You kind of have no choice. Never mind the catcher situation. Don't take that out of it. You really don't have a better option for left field right now. Mm-hmm. Tyler O'Neill's injured, and whether you're a Tyler O'Neill fan or not, he's a he's a good defensive left fielder. His bat may not always be heating up, but he's a Gold Glove left fielder. He's your best option if he's healthy. If what's next? Juan Yepes? No. Defensively, it's a huge drop-off. But right now, defensively, that's been your biggest eyesore is left field. When you watch Alec Burleson out there chugging around, and again, I have nothing against Alec Burleson. He's not fleet of foot. He's never going to be recognized for his foot speed or his gold glove. (gasps) Anthony, you can say whatever you want. I'm just trying to be honest. You should try and... uh, How could you? Just try and uh, do it. Anyways... Um. So Brendan Donovan makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, who else? Jordan Walker. But they're they're not indicating at all that that is in the works right now. And no. I know he, I know he was not tearing it up in mm-hmm. Memphis, and so it's not like he is forcing them to call him up. No, this is. But th- that's it. This, this is your option. This is this is the only thing you could do. Or Tommy Edmund. And. Tommy Edmonds got to play. Yeah, I mean you Nolan, could you could Nolan alternate Gorman. Edmond and Donovan at second base with the young and shortstop. No, you can't. Because because Gorman because Gorman's got to be your second baseman now. You're right. Th- that's why. You're right. I, that's why I started with the Contreras thing. Yeah. No, you're right. You're 100 percent right. But all but my follow up mm-hmm. was what are your options? It's, if right. I see another ball drop, and Alec Burleson can't get to it. Or it, it drops where he couldn't get it anyways, but it takes him an extra second and a half to get to the ball. Mm-hmm. Like this is the difference right now in winning and losing ball games. There's been defensive blunders, and I'm not just blaming this on Alec Burleson. Overall, the team defense, there's been blunders in several games that have extended innings and added runs under the board and run the pitch count up for your pitchers and hit to the bullpen. Like there's been a progression that is not good. Even if I if I were to ask you, Jamie, when everybody's healthy, give me your give me your best team, position wise. Like right now, yeah, for the Cardinals, mm-hmm. yeah, not for the Yankees, yeah, or I was the, like, or boy, the this, Rays or the Dodgers. This yeah. is fun. Um, well, Goldie first, Donovan at second, Edmund at shortstop. Arenado at third. 
Dylan Carlson in center field. Paul O'Neill. Or Paul O'Neill. I'll take him. <laughs> yeah, I'll take Paul, Paul O'Neill in right field. Tyler O'Neill in left and Lars Newfar in right. With Wilson Contreras as your catcher? Uh, no, right now it would have to be Andrew Kisner. And so then your DH would be Wilson Contreras. And then that means Nolan Gorman's not getting regular at-bats. Which doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, I know. But I have to also look at it from the standpoint of what I just... I can't just go back on what I said about the blunders defensively that have extended innings and put runs up on the board that you can't afford to give up. Mm-hmm. Outside of going with Donovan, now we're right back to what choice do you have? What I don't understand, Anthony, mm-hmm. and why this didn't happen more in spring training, why the heck did you not try Nolan Gorman in the outfield? Why did you not? Like, what? what is the negative repercussions? Mm-hmm. He's built like an outfielder. He, he reminds me of a Matt Holiday. Like, he's got that, build, that Chris Duncan. Like... I'm sure he could track down the ball. Yeah. And you keep his bat in the lineup. I don't know. I've thought about that for a long time, and I just don't know why they didn't even. I didn't, why not try? Especially all the guys gone to the WBC. Throw them out there and be like, well, we we're just giving it a shot. Mo, Mo's going to make multiple deals. He does. He's going to make multiple deals. He's got to free up some of these congestions. This has not worked. This roster construction has not worked at all. I don't think it was going to work with a veteran manager. It's certainly not going to work with a manager that is as inexperienced as Ali is. It's not going to work. I hate it, quite frankly. I think it's stupid. I think it's a dumb. I think it's a dumb way to 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 build a roster where you've got bits and pieces of everything, and you're giving all. Hey, here's your here's your analytical data. Here you go. Build a lineup out of this. Cool. I got I got a second baseman out in left field. I've got a DH playing second. I've got a catcher that's playing DH. It's a it's a mess. And Moe's got to fix it. He's got to fix it with some deals. And, oh, I don't know, maybe get a pitcher that can last more than four and a third. So here's an interesting disgusted, thing. disgusted, Jamie. I can tell, Anthony. I can tell. And they've won two straight. And I'm disgusted. This Imagine is how a, you'll be when they win three. All right, right. An but, interesting nugget. Uh, I know we're kind of playing around with the lineup, but uh, Joe Doyle, who's a senior analyst. Doyle rules. Mm-hmm. It, it certainly does. Uh, uh, at Joe Doyle, M-I-L-B, he tweeted out today, of note, the St. Louis Cardinals must provide first baseman slash outfielder Jordan Walker by next, or not provide, promote, my bad, must promote Jordan Walker by next Tuesday if they hope to be eligible for the Prospect Promotion Incentive Additional First Round Draft Pick Award should he win Rookie of the Year. It requires he spend at least 172 days on the Major League Baseball roster. Mm. So that is another interesting nugget. There's a possibility that we could see Jordan Walker by next Tuesday. That is interesting. It's an interesting footnote. Absolutely. Now, if he's sitting a buck do I, 25 yeah, do in I Memphis. I think that's going to be the ultimate. Right. No. I don't think that's going to be the decider, but mm-hmm. that is that is an interesting incentive. I, I feel like bring him up and plug him yeah. in. Who cares? I, I feel like this front yeah, season's office. Season's over. <laughs> I feel like the front <laughs> office would want to. I thought that's where you were going with. No. Go ahead, Marsh. I was just saying, I feel like the, the front office would want something like that. I would. You think so. they would gar- Like, Do you think they would bring him up? Like they, they pay attention to that stuff. They do. At least I would hope so. It's but their I, job. I don't think I don't if he's still struggling, I don't think they bring him up. But again, it's an yeah. interesting footnote. All right. We have beat the streak next on 101 ESPN. We're 
back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Baseball. All of my successes depend on me. You ready to hit? The hits just keep on coming. And his first big league hit is a bullet up the middle. Oh, Time for Beat the Streak here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stolzer, Andrew Marsh here as well. And we have Jake on the line after Jake collected a hit last night. Jake, how fortunate are you? And how thankful are you that Marsh took Nico Horner from you last night? I went from wanting to kill Marshy to wanting to kiss him, let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) That's a a roller coaster of emotion right there. All right, Jake. So hang on the line right here. Marsh is going to update us on our current standings. What do you got, Marsh? All right, Anthony, you currently lead the pack with four. Four is your current streak. Jamie and I, unfortunately, did not get base hits last night. Paul Goldschmidt, Nico Horner, not getting the job done. Not up in here. But Wilson Contreras, that man, not only did he help the Cardinals last night, but he helped our guy Jake. There he is at one right now. Okay, so uh, your order will be me, and then Jake, and then... You guys have to uh, It'd be fight. Jamie, then me. Oh, then Jamie, then you. I was yeah. I was kind of hoping you guys would fight for it. Because <laughs> yeah. I thought that'd be interesting. All right, I'm going to take... Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the other team because Cardinals pitching isn't good. I'm going to go with Dansby Swanson tonight. Dansby Swanson is going to be my pick to get a hit. He's got two hits off of Flaherty in 13 ABs. So I'm going to go with Dansby Swanson. Jake, who do you have? All right, so, well, unlike Wilson Contreras, I did my homework last night. Oh, wow. Jake, don't blame like him. <laughs> don't no. blame him. The so. comment was topical. It was humorous. It was spot on. Way, way to go, Jake. So, doing my digging and my research, I found that the king has returned. Paul DeYoung, in 13 at-bats, has a 308 batting average against tonight's starter, Jameson Tayon. My pick to click tonight is Paul DeYoung. All right, there you go. Wow. I got I got Paulie D in the home run derby, so, Jake, I'm, uh, I'm rooting for you. Hopefully your hit is a home run. <laughs> the king has returned. <laughs> That's right, buddy. <laughs> Jamie. Uh, oh, I'm keeping the dream alive. Big Willie style, Wilson Contreras tonight, baby. He is going to be just soaking in the booze from the fans. Well, you can't drink while you're playing the game, Jamie. That uh, I wouldn't recommend that. From the fans, Anthony. Well, I, I mean, he can't. I think it's even worse if he goes and gets booze from the fans and then drinks it and then tries to play the game. I, I don't think that's As illegal. long as he hits, I don't care. Fair enough. Hit you play. What are you doing in your hands right there, Jamie? The Wilson Contreras. Oh, he's, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me hear it. What do you think I was doing? Let oh, me hear it. They're trying to fly away or something. Give me your booze. Oh, he, yeah, all of it. Give me your old style. Oh, I mean, all of the booze. Old right. style. That's what they drink up there. It's gross. nasty. It's gross. It's disgusting. Go, it, well said. Go ahead, Marsh. Uh, I'm going to go with a guy really that good. was benched yesterday. Um, Nah, I'm just kidding. He was scratched. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say, we're just talking about Arnado. Arnado, Arnado. Talk about Arnado. He gets scratched. <laughs> it's much different. All right, so here you go. I have Dansby Swanson. I'm the only one that took a cub tonight. You fools. Uh, Jake, he's got Paul DeYoung. <laughs> Jamie's got Wills Contreras, and Marsh just took Nolan Arnado. So, Jake, good luck to you, man. All right, fellas, can I say one real quick thing before we, before I go? Of course. 
Since it's Teacher Appreciation Week, I wanted to give a big shout-out to your guy, Mike Ryder there, my former teacher, uh, a man who's inspired me to follow in y'all's footsteps and and become a a radio host. Currently, I I host the show 7 to 9 a.m. on Saturdays for 89.9 College Radio's Best here in Godfrey, Illinois. So I just want to give a big shout-out to Mike Ryder. I'm going to do everything I can to become a colleague of you guys one day and uh, I just you call yourselves a couple idiots on the radio, but uh, you have no idea how much I look up to you guys. Oh, Jake, well, thank you. Oh, very we appreciate much. that. That was uh, your kind words, man. They mean a lot to us. Thank you so much for saying that, and uh, keep striving, dude. Yeah, and all the best, man. Well said. Teacher Appreciation Week. Uh, throwing a little shout out to our guy Mike Ryder. So thank you for saying that, Jake. Absolutely. You guys, good luck tonight. All right, you, you too, man. Thanks. Yeah, thank there you, you go. Like the confidence. That was nice. Very nice. Very, very nice. Here I am thinking, Jamie, that, you know, we're idiots, like you're saying. Oh, no, we are. I don't even need to read the criticisms and compliments. He just gave us the biggest he just gave us in the, the world. best one Absolutely. ever. Like, yeah, and the walk off, the mic drop. You know what? I'm feeling good now. Cardinals are going to win tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, that's. As long as Dan's B. Swanson gets his hit, though, eh, Anthony? Well, I'll be 10 to 9 because Flaherty's pitching. But uh, the Cardinals Who's will he win. Who's going to blame tonight? That's true. It's a good point. If things go bad. Oh, the DH probably. It's the uh, <laughs> Fast Lane here did. on 101 ESPN Instant Replay. <laughs> Coming up from 6 to 7 for Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stolzer. We'll be back tomorrow at 2 o'clock to break down the Cardinals' victory tonight over the Cubs. See you. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.